the What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week our movie is The Abyss Special Edition. Yes. By, by, for, for the love of God, find a special edition because if you don't, not only will you enjoy a subpar movie experience, you will not yeah, be watching the movie. This commentary won't this make any sense real at all. Two and a half hours. Because uh, there, there are a few... Just two hours. Two hours, yeah, yeah exactly. There are, it won't be two and a half hours. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you'll we'll wonder why we keep talking for, for that minutes. extra 30 minutes. You'll yeah. be like, man, they really went over the credit roll for this one. But there's there's very few movies I can think of, and you know, we, we'll get into them later if we think of any, but I can't think of many movies that are this radically different between the special edition and the regular edition. So we'll see if any occur to us along the way, but I can't think of many examples. Anyway, so. for, if you should find the special edition and pop in your DVD. Now, go ahead, and once you press play, press pause again right when the 20th Century Fox logo fades to black. The first frame you perceive of all black after the logo fades down, press pause on your DVD or however you choose to watch this movie. VHS, maybe. We're not going to bl- Who's going to blame you? Uh, and in a second, I'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause. We'll talk about Laserdisc in a second, Michael. We'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause, and I'll press play, and you'll press play, and we'll watch the Abyss Special Edition together in perfect sync. Only this time you'll be watching it with friends in your head. Uh, around the table, we have uh, special guests subbing in for Brian Finifter, Mr. Ryan Weber. Always happy to come down the street and comment on a movie I b- don't remember. We'd love to have you because we have such an amazing caricature of you that we have to bring yeah, you back. Yeah, we have, to, we have a great graphic. Just for that reason. Michael okay. Dorkman so, Scott right. playing with a Rubik's Cube, kind of drunk. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and it's Trey. Kinda. The Amazing Stokes. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see how amazing we're, I am. We're going we're to let you into the, back, the, the backstage understanding of how Down in Front works. Every week we record two commentaries, and we just recorded the Attack of the Clones commentary in which... Michael needed booze to, to make it through. <laughs> I am, as, as they say in North California, I'm hella blasted. Right <laughs> <laughs> so the abyss. He's going to pass he, out about halfway is, through this thing. He is festive indeed. I, right I come to this movie as a fan, as someone who has seen it several times. Uh, I, I enjoy this movie. I love Ed Harris almost categorically. I think he's I would say he's underused, but he doesn't do. He's, he, he does. He does all right. He gets used fairly often. Yeah, he's he does. Get, he, right he, does he does get his share of work, and I like this movie a lot. Uh, Ryan, uh, I don't remember it at all. The last time I saw it would have been many, many years ago. I swear to God, so we're going to bring you on for a movie. You have something to say about? Yeah, it. <laughs> someday. One of these nice, days, but, I promise. Uh, if, effectively, I'll be, I'll be here serving the purpose of the guy who is seeing it for the first time. Awesome. Feel yeah. free to ask questions and, and ask yeah. questions mm-hmm. and, and and become very frustrated with the progression of the film. Sounds Michael. good. Michael, uh, I've. Watched as many times over my life uh, as as the IMDb profile will tell us. This is the first movie that actually had a laser disc release, a public trade dispute. That. That, that that can't possibly be true. Well, well laser IMDb. Disc, it's I've watched be laser disc technology existed before then, yeah. but but a, uh, Abyss was apparently the the earliest laser disc release, and we had a laser and disc. And again, I'm saying house. that I watched laser disc for ten years before I worked on this movie. So, so. Well, we had laser disc now there are different house. kinds of laser discs, so it might be a certain form because mm, there were two there were, just like Beta and VHS and everything else. There were two kinds of laser mm. discs on the market. So maybe it was the first of its certain kind which became the standard. That's fair enough. But I had Abyss on Laserdisc, and we watched it fairly often. This special they edition. They fit the whole right movie onto a Laserdisc? Uh, no. You have to, you have to it flip was it. Six <laughs> discs. Yeah. It was six Laserdiscs? Well, it was three discs and two sides. Yeah. So somehow they've managed to, you know. And, and Son the funny of a thing bitch. is, I mean, they're no. the size of like LP records, right? But but I, I looked at it even as a kid, and I'm like, someday they will get this down to CD yeah, size. Because because this small. I wonder what David Lynch had to say about that, because he gets pissed off when you show him a movie on an iPod. Seriously. But you can watch the whole movie at once. You don't have to yeah. stop it every. 
six times throughout yeah. the film. And we'll talk about that when we get to those scenes. For example, a movie I watched on Laserdisc years before I ever got into the movie business into the abyss was Dune. So I'm telling yeah. you that they, <laughs> whatever they've been telling you kids, Laserdiscs were there. I watched this movie several times yeah. on Laserdisc, so I kind of know where the chapter breaks are. And I can tell you because <laughs> I had a couple of unpleasant experiences, which I'll, I'll extract. Well, okay. Well, and, that's and, a, and Trey Stokes, what do you bring to this? How do you feel about this movie? Have you seen it before? Uh, I've seen it a couple times. Um, uh, and I, I saw it in little bit any pieces when I was on the set while we were shooting it. Uh, this is going to be another one of those, oh God, Trey's going to talk interminably and if you like insider stories then you've come to the right place. Otherwise you should move on to the, some like other the commentary. commentary or something. Yeah, something like that. Someone, somewhere where you don't. But yeah, this. I worked yeah. on, this is one of the first, uh, this is only like the second real feature I ever worked on and it was quite something to be a part of and uh, and, and unlike uh, I can a, imagine. And unlike a, lo- a lot of movies that I've worked on, I probably saw more of the making of this movie than usually you do as a visual effects slash creature artist. Um, so I, I actually saw a great deal of this. I was actually, there are, there are shots and certainly one controversial moment that uh, we'll get to where it's still, I still see it being debated on the internet to this day. And I'll, I'll tell the story because I was in the damn room when it happened. And so I can tell you from an eyewitness perspective what happened. Yeah. So. So, uh, so it was, I, and but what I did specifically, my actual uh, job was I worked for uh, Steve Johnson, who is a creature effects guy who who worked on Ghostbusters. We've mentioned his name before. Uh, I worked on worked for him, and we did the creatures that show up at the very end of the movie. And, Spoiler. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, we'll get into if that. If you haven't seen it already, stop. Yeah. It. Well, yeah. Exactly. Well, as, as, as always, I guess I need to leave the room. Yeah. As uh, always, but uh, don't you know? Don't watch the movie for the first time listening to this commentary. I don't think that's the right way to go. But uh, and that's a that's a factor of the movie, and it's an issue of the movie is the fact that only at the end do you realize that this was like a science fiction alien movie, which it doesn't tell you it is until the very end. And people, some people had problems with that. Your hands. So anyway, in. Uh, you, by this point, should have your, your film queued up to the point where the 20th Century Fox logo fades to black, as we do here. And we're about to press play, so get your mouse or remote ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, unpause. And All right. Now, special edition yeah. watchers, you'll know you're you if you see a quote right now. If you see, right. if you see the Nietzsche quote, you are watching the correct Did edition. Did we specify that? We, we need we, to watch we, the special yeah. edition. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've, we've said, and we've just reiterated. If you didn't see the Frederick Nietzsche quote about the abyss just now, you're not watching the special edition. I love the logo. Good titles. The Abyss. Abyss. Now, uh, movies always get uh, nicknames from the crew while you're making them, and the nicknames of the the, the Abyss had several. It was the Abuse. Um, the Abuse. <laughs> uh, uh, also, it was called sometimes it's a slogan that everyone used was "Life's Abyss," and then we dive. And uh, and then and then uh, someone the, the joke was well if we make a sequel what that's what's that called it's going to be called Son of Abyss. <laughs> so, this was a hard movie. It was a it was a damn hard movie to make. This was this was the beginning of James Cameron being like I want to go underwater for a really yeah. long time. Yeah, well, well he didn't go underwater for a, for a decade and a half afterwards because he learned that that problem. But this was extremely difficult. And again, if you're watching the special edition, hopefully you've got the all the documentary material and it'll tell you much more. And I'll I'll touch on some of it as we go. But uh, watch the documentary material and just see what it took to make this movie because it's it's quite amazing how much effort it took so so this opening sequence um, an interesting thing and a reason that I can make comments on things that you wouldn't think I'd be able to is a lot of this movie got shot as sort of second unit slash post-production slash long after the fact including a lot of this submarine sequence 
Um, they shot the original first unit was in Gaffney, South Carolina, in an in a, if you know the story, is in a in an unfinished nuclear reactor containment vessel that was able to hold water. So they basically built their own underwater tank and built an entire set in it and shot most of the movie there. Um, then they finally wrapped out of there, came back to L.A., and then spent several more months shooting a lot of little bits and pieces to finish the movie up um, in various locations. We shot some stuff at DreamQuest, and they, they took over a, a big empty hangar in, uh, uh, down by the ocean called Harbor Star. Um, and shot like they just rebuilt a bunch of sets and picked up a bunch of stuff. And one of the things they picked up was here at the beginning the flooding of the submarine. Some of those were were done here in in San Pedro, California, a year or whatever it was after the main stuff was done. What's What's interesting is um, you know uh, James Cameron has kind of a reputation. He does for being we'll kind get, of we'll get into that. Uh, you know, at at the the gentlest way to put it is kind of a control freak. Yeah, but, but, I wouldn't characterize it that way, but I can understand. But that's, that's but I that's mean, what it can be called. That's, yes, that's the that's per- perspective. But at the same time, you know, you hear also about him like uh, he just did a thing at E3 about Avatar, yeah. and he was talking about the Avatar video game and how he basically worked with uh, the company doing it, Ubisoft, and basically mm-hmm. said, "Okay, here's the Avatar world, do your own thing." And it's like, given his his. Uh, a reputation as being like very, very much like <laughs> this is the way it's. Does that seem be. out of character for him? It seems a little out of character. In it, yeah, because because it's like okay, I'm giving you autonomy to work within this world and do whatever you want to do. And, well, and that's, uh, yeah, you know, well, that's he's not a control freak about everything, as we know. He's, he's kind of famously not that into whatever they're doing with Terminator these days because right. he's already told his Terminator stories and he's pretty much done with that. Um, but anyway, this great, uh, great visual effect. And again. Something that this movie is actually very important historically is this is just on the cusp before this crazy thing called computer graphics began to get used in the movies. And in fact, this movie is one of the first movies to make Hollywood go, huh, maybe you can do stuff with computer graphics. What was this, 86 or 89? 89. 89, okay. Um, And there's a very specific moment we'll be getting to where computer graphics become the star of the show, but only for one sequence. And uh, we can talk about that when we get there. And and the reason I bring that up is because all the rest of this stuff is practical models in tanks as big as they could be built. Right. And and you get, and some of it's dry for wet, some of it's motion control dry for wet, um, but not yet. This stuff is... uh, this stuff is all a big model that they just rammed into a big underwater rock formation. And, and I, I got to say, I think you just – only like the very best computer graphic people could make something that, equi- that equals the look of a giant thing slamming into a real rock underwater. It just, well, even today, I mean what you know, we just this saw, is, this like is, there it releasing is, you know. that, that probe with well, and the, and the, and everything. And the, well, and the, the probe thing. is a little mm-hmm. optical trick. It's one of the less successful shots in the sequence. This, well, actually, this, actually, this is a rear projection that the guys are going through the hatch. This is what was a Harbor Star shot. I watched them do it. It's rear projection of a flooding miniature, really? and then these guys are, are you know a little piece of set, and they blow air out of it, and they hose them down with water, and that's it. That's great. But here goes uh, – here. Cameron was very big for a movie. This, this scope – Cameron's very big on using rear projection, and he uses it brilliantly. And he uses it time and time again in a lot of this movie. Well, he used it, and we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but he used it a lot in Terminator 2. And he used it in, certainly in Aliens um, as well. So That was the 86 movie that I was thinking. Yeah, there you go. Aliens 2. Aliens. So now we, we cut to uh, the Benthic Explorer, which, of course, doesn't exist in real life. It's all – it's a miniature. Um, Benthic? The Benthic Explorer. Benthic ben- is an oceanographical term. Meaning, oceanar- very, oceanographer. meaning real deep. 
Meaning, uh, like, at the ocean's floor. Hey, exactly. Him. And there's Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. <laughs> Groundhog Day and SNL. And in, one of his, in one of his rare non-comedic roles. Wait. He's, 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 he was, he was, was he the Home Alone guy? Or was it another guy? Who he was, no, that's, that's Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, Stern he was, looked yeah. exactly like Chris Elliott. No, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, Daniel Stern was... With the beard, like with the beard they look alike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Chris Elliott showed up in, like, Ghost, uh, Home Alone 4, though. I'm almost, I'm almost positive that he did. Weird. Anyway. There was a Home Alone 4. Sorry, yeah. believe it or not. I don't yeah, mean to blow really your mind. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it was really successful, and it, I mean, there was so much momentum from the first one, they just couldn't cop- make sequels. So, huh. Michael Bean, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! You, can't, the corner there. you can't do a Cameron movie without Michael Bean getting bitten on the hand by somebody. Which I think we talked about in some no, other commentary, but it's like Ma- Mike, Michael Bean. Wait, that's not a guy? Yeah, it's Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio. Thank you very much. What if it was? Wouldn't that yeah, be yeah. <laughs> Panda, oh, that'd be great. Tilt up, and, tilt up, and it's, it's Michael oh. Bean. Yep. Queen bitch of the universe. Queen bitch of the universe. Wait, haven't I heard that before? Queen bitch of the universe. Queen bitch of the universe. Pig five. Uh huh. There you go. <laughs> Queen bitch of the universe. Wait, wait, wait. That was my. That Listen, was my. That was my. That was my. Listen. Do you have any idea how much wine they've had? That was my minor abyss reference hey, that I well threw into Pink Five. I didn't know that. Now I'm happy. Yes, indeed. So uh, this fella here, of course, is on uh, Scrubs. He's the uh, the the, oh the my hospital administrator from Scrubs. Oh um, wow, he looks different. Yeah. Here at down in front, we are right. located a few blocks away from Sacred Heart. Those of you that <laughs> like you Scrubs go. should be interested to know that. There you go. Also playing it totally straight. Um, so God, so he's so he's so young. We all were in those days. Oh, how young were you in 1989? Don't answer that I question. Was <laughs> yeah, I see, was so there you go. Yeah. See, time passes. You'll learn this eventually. I, I did answer that. I was too. Yeah. So uh, you're God, seeing love that it has been extended so with an optical at the top. However, most of what you're seeing is the real damn set, yeah. and it's it's especially now. Yeah, I saw a thing on IMDb where they said it was just like a 40 foot tank, and they uh, they were having problems with the light still coming in, so they floated a bunch of like opaque beads. Yeah, the they, of the water. they they started with a big tarp, which hmm. promptly the weather destroyed, and then they came up with this technology of covering the surface of the water with these black polyethylene beads that just float, and it just made a curtain. You just come through. And, it was and easy it, to come up out of it. And you just come right up, up through it. Yeah, tarp, and coming up yeah. under a tarp, and when you're running out of air, it can be bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they, and they, and they used that technology when we came and, and started doing the second unit stuff here locally. We had several tanks we worked in, and we used the bead technology. And I had one of those damn beads in my ear for about six months before I was able to get that damn thing out. How big were the beads? Just like They're like little, little BBs. Piece, piece They're plastic BBs. Black plastic course, now, BBs. We're, now we're introducing the characters, which is getting into... Fucking movie for introducing the characters. Which yeah. is getting, no, but what she's getting into, the same thing he did in Aliens, which is, he's basically, they're basically truckers. Yeah. yeah. He's basically introducing them the same way. Truckers, and they're, well, they're, they're literally our oil drillers. I mean, yeah. this is exactly like, you know, this is exactly what oil drillers do. Armageddon. Th- this is right just here. underwater, yeah. Yeah, they're not going into space. Ed Harris is such a star. Ed Harris is, I just Ed Harris Ed is badass. Harris. He's a he's a badass guy. And the stuff that he had <laughs> to do like that, Ryan. The, this, the stuff that he had to do in this movie, um, you know, he, he talks about it. At, when, he, when they first finished this movie, Ed Harris said, I will never talk about the abyss. I mean, he was so burned out by the experience and so just over it that he originally said he will. <laughs> I'm never going to talk about that, that experience. But years later, he kind of softened up and told some stories after all. He kind of got some perspective on it. But it was a tough movie for it's a tough movie for everybody. And again, you know, just I was watching. It I get. Yeah, I, okay, fair enough. But um, but it's. It, you know, again, watch the watch the making ofs, and you'll see people tell their their stories about just how difficult this all was. I mean, I I was only on the movie for like four months of post production. At the end, I was never at first unit, um, and I would call it one of the toughest movies I've ever had to work on. Too. Is that a, is that a Jim Cameron thing, or is that a water thing, or is that? It's a water thing. It's it's. I'm sure Jim Cam. Well, 
I don't know if I've had if I've said on you know. Of course, this was I met Jim Cameron. And Jim Cameron was already a legend. Jim Cameron was the guy who had just made Terminator and Aliens at this point. Um, I was like, holy crap! I'm going to work with Jim Cameron. He must be a genius. Um, which I will say, legitimately, he is. I think I think Jim Cameron is a filmmaking. Oh, genius. hey, look! It's it's little geek. It's little geek. It's little geek. And again, again, this is all happening. I mean, you know, this is all. That's a real submarine well, hitting a mark in a movie. Try and make that happen too. Exactly. Titanic was 10 years of development and Jim's experience in how hard this is to do that, you know, he was able to pull it off. But only, and I'm probably only Jim would be one of, the, set, one of the few. And this is a great set and fully practical. This is basically built on top of one of the tanks. So they literally can go right. out of the set, down into the tank and out into the quote unquote, the ocean. Um, but again, this stuff is all practical. Those are real working submersibles that the actors get inside of and you drive around in underwater. Um, Basically, and I think I think there's they're off the rack store bought submersibles that have been tri- tricked out with extra stuff. But um, the the store bought, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the, a great way. There's, to put there's it. very few stores that sell them, but they do exist. Um, but the you're you're asking the question about uh, the abyss. It's just it's just it's so damn hard to shoot anything. As we talked about, this in Jaws. On you, t- you think on the water is hard. Try doing everything under the water, and and the. My, by the time I got on board the show, they'd already been however long. It wasn't a year, but it was a long, long time. They'd already done all their first unit stuff, the big scale stuff out of first unit, and now they had moved it all to this, to this uh, insert stage and were doing it in much smaller tanks. And they had their shit together. They had it wired. They were, they were good at it. The crew was like they knew how to do it after all that experience. Um, so watching them just coming in cold and now seeing them just do their thing was spectacular because you just have to picture any movie, th- any movie set you've been on. All those people doing all those jobs. Imagine, I'm going to say everybody except for the craft service guy and <laughs> probably the script girl, every single one of those people doing what they're doing but underwater. Um, the grips are underwater. That's the, fucking amazing. The grips are underwater. The gaffers are underwater. The directors are underwater. The actors are underwater. The props people are underwater. The wardrobe com- department is underwater. Jesus. You know, everybody's doing it underwater because that's where they're shooting the damn movie. So everyone has to be underwater. Um, the lights are specially d- designed lights, uh, you know, to work underwater. And and I sometimes I would be would do puppet stuff. I would be like the only guy in the tank because I'm the only one there to to do the puppet. And and they would say, Trey, go over and could you. Tweak the light, and because you know, I'm like the only guy, rather than someone else putting on their gear and coming into the tank, um, they, they were just they, they didn't care they, about the union being. No, like, hey! I did, yeah, we let it slide. And, nice. and these so, lights, like, listen, that 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 fine is a lot less yeah. than what we're going to have to pay this exactly. guy. Exactly, these lights, these lights they had underwater. Um, literally, it's like. Like you would walk over to a movie light on a set and you would reach into the little bag underneath and you'd pull out the half scrim and you'd stick it in the thing. You know, I, oh, this here and a half. I did that, except I did it while wearing scuba gear in 20 feet of water. And it's just a weird experience to be putting a scrim in a light while you're underwater. It's a nice. strange, it's just, wow, this is unusual. Um, I mean, I've heard that, that you know, because Cameron was doing most of it. He was underwater, you know. Cameron, what ties into the question is um, Cameron Cameron yells. He screams. He's, he can insult you. He will, he will say the nastiest, meanest things to you in the world. Um, and that would normally under- make, make someone be a dick. Um, you can say he's a real dick, um, which, which he kind of is. Else. But yeah, yeah, he's always doing it from in front. He's the he's the in my experience on the abyss, and the reason I don't you know hate the guy and I actually respect him tremendously. He did it from in front of the troops and not behind. He was right. he was the general who's out front going, "Come on, you fuckers, we're taking the damn yeah, hill." I'm doing. Who's this. with me? Get up there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's coming with me and who's a bullshit artist? Because I've heard you know. stories where like he was down there mm-hmm. for you know they, he, they 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 had two crews. They had to swap yeah. out crews, but he was down there the whole time and literally 
He was down. Yeah. He it took him an hour to decompress. <laughs> and 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 if you know anything about scuba diving, um, the tank is only thirty feet deep. How you know the, the number amount of hours you have to spend in thirty feet of water to require decompression right. is like twelve. You know he would literally go in the tank and and you know they would rotate crews down to him and he would keep directing the movie. Um, they would they would lower a, a waterproof monitor down and he would watch dailies while he was waiting for something else yeah. to happen. Um, and I you know not only did I hear these stories, I saw this happening. <laughs> I saw him do it. So and and you know even above the even above the ground, he's you know he's he's above the water. He's 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 the hardest working guy on any set. And as other people have mentioned, he knows how to do your job better than you do. No matter what your job is, if you, you know, he can he can light better than the cinematographer, he can build a prop better than any of the prop guys. So if you're not up to his game, that's what pisses him off. So, so I uh, you know I, I try and be diplomatic about it. But anyone who goes, oh, I work with Cameron, he was just mean and bad and evil and stupid. In my mind, I go, you're probably just not good at your job. Is what that actually means? Because that's what I that's my experience. Is if you're not as good as he is, yeah, sure, he's going to give you shit because you're getting in his way. Um, if you can keep up, I got along with the guy great. Whatever that says about me, he would yell at me. But once I realized he was literally the 800-pound gorilla, he was literally the gorilla who comes running up to you and goes, "Ah, you're supposed to run away. Why aren't you running away?" Oh, then I guess you're cool. Then you know, first first of all, if, if he if you if he rails at you and you go, oh, you're dead from then on because he knows, you know. You know, the dog, the dog won't bite you unless you, you, you run. <laughs> you know, if you run, the fear. if you run, the dog will bite you. Um, if you stand your ground and go, fuck off, dog, you know, it goes, okay, then I guess we're pals now. So, so once I realized that Jim couldn't actually literally cook me and eat me, um, which was a union thing, as it turned out. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, thank God, because if I'd been in the craft union, but... Um, <laughs> You know, and, and you just you just had to work you just had to work your ass off. And if you could deliver what he needed when he needed it, uh, he was fine. And you know, I, I ended up getting along with the guy fine. Speaking of the craft union random yeah. story, I found out because um, I, I knew someone who was getting together a film that involves a lot of animals and he's mm. like he's like, you know, animals are crazy and they kind of shit all over the place. And you know whose job that is? Which union? The craft union. <laughs> of all people, the people who are handling the food on the set, like no one else wanted to do the job, but it had to be a union, so the craft union wound up taking it. So it's like, yeah. okay, that guy who's pouring out the M&Ms over there, he's got to come over here and pick up the monkey shit. That's what's got to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I Which, just thought that that was Not a great, necessarily a great plan that the craft yeah. service guy is also the monkey shit guy, <laughs> but I guess that's how it shakes down. Um, they, again, this is all just before... Any kind of real uh, digital compositing. Yeah, so that bit where the su- sub was coming at the camera, yeah, for serious though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And what and what among the things that they did was in the, uh, some of these mini submersibles so that are shot dry for wet. Um, they actually put little film projectors in them that would project plates of the actors that they'd shot being inside the sub. And sometimes oh. you can kind of tell when that's happening, um, but sometimes they get away with it really, really well. The miniatures, the dry for wet miniatures, were shot at DreamQuest, which is I company. like that they put uh, they, they have the license plates. There's a lot of great set decoration going on. Um, like like shots like this, like that's like you know a combination. There's some wet, there's some wet for wet, there's some dry for wet miniatures coming in, um, and then now to real submarines and you know real actors in, in the in the deep tank in uh, in Gaffney, South Carolina. So so yeah, cab cab one and cab one and two are the smaller ones, and flatbed is the bigger one, and they have these three submersibles. I just can't even movies like this just scare the shit out of me. <laughs> like this and the Making book Sphere, them. and I guess the movie Sphere, but not so much. Just, I mean, just the, the, the concept of, guess what? Water. Yeah. 
suck this water. We're gonna spend a lot of money doing this shit. Yeah. No, no, not like the making just, of it. The actual concept of, it. Uh-huh. Of, of like deep sea drilling and stuff like that. It's like no chance in hell I'm ever going down there ever. Yeah. Not even kind of. So you've never. I don't. Been- I don't care how how seriously rad the 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 technology they developed to keep things from going wrong is. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah, the same phobia of space. I have, no the same. Yeah. I have no problem with space. I have no problem with space. It's, yeah. Jesus. Scuba she dive. just said it takes three weeks to decompress yeah. from where they are right now. Yeah. Which That's is, a long time to Which is always a problem in movies. A. A movies always have to like usually find some cheap dodge to get around it, and this movie is no exception. The, the, the dodge yeah. to be like, why don't they just fucking leave? Yeah. yeah. This, this, well, there's no, the, the idea of, I mean, Sphere did it, you know, they all go, you know, so they all find some way to justify why you can have a big rousing ending when suddenly everyone gets to the surface when really they would just get the bends and die um, because they should be in a tank for three weeks before they ever see the light of day again. Right. Um, even this movie can't help but cheat that little uh, technical problem. Three weeks? Yeah. And and this brings up a thing again. If you don't know that much about diving, um, it, it, it's what makes things like the moon pool possible. They're setting and so up something on. very important right now, by the way. Yeah, certainly the HBNS, the high pressure yeah. nervous syndrome, Steve um, Buscemi syndrome. Yes, exactly. Space space dementia. I, that's one of my favorite lines. And well, no, in it's not that he says the line. It's that it's like the level of commitment. He's like. Oh God! He's got space he's dementia, got space <laughs> which, which doesn't exist. I mean, the fact that they said that—they might as well say he's got space cooties. <laughs> but there's no such thing as space dementia. But apparently, NASA Guess knows what? all about it. The hammer it. is my fist. Yeah. So, um, what was I? What the hell was I blathering about? Um, the uh, what was I talking about? Who knows? Never mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Screw it. Anyway, I worked on this movie. The decompression Did I part. Decompression. Um, the yeah, it was something to do with that. Anyway. Okay, all right. Anyway, oh, it was uh, saturation yeah, diving. Saturation diving. That's the idea. This this is uh, a, the technology of this is essentially correct, and it's it's what's called saturation diving, and that's why the three month three weeks decompression at the end is you get. They are, they are literally at this inhuman pressure at this depth, and that's why you can have this, the moon pool, where you're just open to the water. And that's because the pressure of the air they're in is the same pressure as the water. Mm. So uh, they, comp- so they they're, they're living- compress pretty fucking fast. Exactly. For that, and you can, because then oh, you're— shaky hands. Yeah. Holy shit, he's going to— And again, that's, that's how it works. You can force the he's pressure— He's got Simpy Space Madness yeah. is the, what he's exactly. got. Exactly. Right the, the bends is when air that's been trapped in solution in your body and your bones— Suddenly, when the outside pressure goes down, it gets released. It's the same as when you open a bottle of soda. You know, there's a lot of pressure in there, and suddenly it goes. Psst. Well, when that happens, Michael Bean goes. Psst. It, if that happens, exactly, that happens to you. Those bubbles release into your bloodstream, and they they make bad things happen all over your body. Um, which is why you can pressurize real quick, but to decompress is literally like you have to crack that bottle of soda so slowly that the bubbles never form. And that's why it takes three weeks to come out of it, even though you can do it instantaneously. But to get out of it takes three more weeks. So I'm learning a lot. Today. Exactly. So anyway, so so a lot of people are like I don't understand how that could happen. Well, it's again the, the technology of this is, and we're going to get to the fluid breathing pretty soon, which I'm going to. Well, actually, mm. it's about an hour away. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, probably so. Um, no, they're going to demonstrate that the demonstration is coming up um, very soon, in fact. But um, but the fluid breathing, and a lot of people go, oh, it's so stupid. Totally real, folks. Totally real. They're they're not. Doing, I was going to wait till they got to it. They're not doing. That really did it. They're not. Yeah, but we'll get to that. That's the scene I was talking about. I was in. I was in the room. Five rats did it. I was in the room. I was in the room, ladies and gentlemen. Really? I saw it happen. Technically, wow. humans could do it, but Ed Harris had to go on and make whatever he made. Well, better. humans can do it, uh, but humans okay. can do it, but it's very. It's not exactly non risky to do it. Right. Um, we'll get there. But what Ed Harris had to do to to fake it was almost worse in its way, and I yeah, can talk about he had that to too. Drown. Yeah. It's like give him the oxygen. Yeah. But we'll get to that. 
we'll get it. Anyway, so it's beautiful. There's, there's more, again, Special Edition has more of this setup, um, including, and this was also a, a problem with the way the movie was trimmed down so severely for the original theatrical release. Um, I'm surprised Cameron let that happen. Well, it's not, it's not so much that he let it happen. He had, he had to. Um, and at the, at, the cast of, at the cast and crew screening, which was at the Academy, um, I mean, you should have been there in the audience when people who had worked in this movie for so long and so hard, um, Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd got up front and they said, uh, okay, so uh, what you've heard is true. There's no wave anymore. And the audience, the whole audience, which was all cast and crew, all went, what the fuck? You know, it was like it had been this rumor, like, I heard they're cutting the wave out of the movie. Is that possible? That can't be possible. They wouldn't possibly that's do that. That's the fucking story. That's what Yeah, that's act. the ending of the movie. How are they cutting that out? Um, and again, I won't. You know, explain Jim's reasoning because he explains it himself in the documentary. But he, you know, he says that was the way to do it: either that, or just nickel and dime every frame of the movie and make it all rushed and hurried. And he just said, "Okay, I'll just take out a subplot," and that was the one he chose. Um, the only contractual obligation he had, he, you know, the studio didn't say take out the way. The studio said the movie has to be two hours and five minutes long, or right. whatever the length is. And he, it was his choice. It was his decision to make to take the wave out and get the movie to the right length at that point so he's making a thing right now about not wearing his ring because yeah, and, and the ring married, but separated but not divorced and the and ring is the ring this is more exact but it's important I don't know if they even talk about it here yeah, it but it's important because the ring is not a regular ring it is titanium which is a critical plot point yeah. which does not uh, get mentioned in the regular edition which leads to a thing that some people are goes, think, have said is silly and if you don't know the ring is titanium yeah it's pretty silly what happens with the ring but uh, again it's, it's a matter of you know, but Lu- this is important setup Lu- that. exactly but, this is, but only in the special edition the regular right. edition they didn't have the conversation about by the way this ring he's wearing is titanium right. which you know critical important bit of information I think I mean you can live without it but it, a lot of people like pointed at at a certain moment coming up and said, yeah, it's stupid. It's like, well, if, if you'd only seen the real movie, <laughs> you'd know. Yeah, exactly. So, so this, this movie, I, I, I'm really impressed by this movie, I have to say, because, you know, this is a sci-fi, you know, pulpy thing about underwater creatures and stuff. But these are really good actors and they're doing really good acting in it. And I think that's, you know, they're, they're at the core of it. look at the underwater creatures till like the last till the very end, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, the, yeah. At the very end of this... Oh. Yep, here There's we go. the ring and the blue Which hand. He said he hasn't been wearing this whole time, but he's been wearing it. He has been or wearing it. Was that her? I don't know. She's, she, she, no, she said she took hers off. She doesn't okay. wear hers anymore. Um, he and this is and so this is the most cool. amazing bit of continuity. Other than a few times they miss it, um, Ed Harris's hand is blue for the rest of the movie. <laughs> he irrevocably stains his hand blue in this scene and the rest of the movie. Look for it. Sometimes you'll see they missed it or it's not as blue. But, you know, he's permanently stained his hand blue, which it stays that <laughs> way for the entire movie. The entire movie is going to have a, a blue hand. So does that stuff really have that profoundly profound an effect on your skin? It did. Do you know? Well, all this stuff happens. Yeah, Over like it's a good joke one way or the other. No, it's like, hours, this is this is by the way. Uh, if you're looking at deep core parking, um, that's obviously wet for wet in the background, you know, and and it's a dry for wet miniature shot months later of flatbed in front of it. Um, the Montana. Now they're about to take the subs and find the Montana. The Montana was the biggest miniature I've ever seen in my life. The Montana was, I, I you know, someone can give you the exact figures, but it's like it's. I think it was about, it wasn't a football field long, but it was close. It was a big, big, big submarine. And the whole rock wall that it's up against and everything else. And they had these, uh, this amazing rig of the, uh, you know, the, all the submersibles in miniature form. They were on these flying motion control rigs with wires, and they would cruise them. And the, the whole shot would take a day to get these shots of the things cruising along the, the submarine. But that was, that was a hell of a fun set to go What's walk the around. What's making it so big? So, I mean, looks, so it doesn't look like a miniature. Well, Really? I mean, yeah. but you couldn't Big get that. At, you wouldn't. You wouldn't start to lose that at like hundred feet. No, 
Really? No. Because it's, it's just know, how much detail you can cram the big, in there. Yeah, the, the bigger, the more detail you can get, and you know, some things, small things, can only have so much detail. So interesting. That's huge. It's huge. That's retarded. It's, big. That's it's really big. It, it, again, if you look at the making ofs, you'll see you know guys working on the on the on the set and see how big that submarine was. But it filled a whole soundstage at uh, DreamQuest. DreamQuest had multiple sound stages working. They were shooting all the different miniatures, all different places. DreamQuest was out in Simi Valley, and Harbor Star, which is where some of this was shot, was in uh, San Pedro. So we're coming up, I believe, uh, getting close to this fluid breathing demo, aren't we? Which they do before they do the trip. So. I, you know, it occurs to me now. I don't think I've ever seen the special edition. Oh well, okay then. I think I've only ever um, seen this on like cable. So I'll try and I'll try and set it up before it gets there. But see, obviously, any of these big wide scenes you see with, with where you can really see the set um, are the real set at first unit. But scenes like the inserts of what they're about to do with the rat, which I think has got to be coming up. Um, I were, really think it's later in the film than you. Think I really it don't is. think so. It's as a harbor, which is Harbor Star, um, where they basically they, they had a submarine, they had a mock up of the submarine, they kind of stuck it in the background, they redid the lights, the actors got in there, and they just rebuilt a little bit of the table, and it's a little insert that they did. Because supposedly, as I remember the story, um, the stuff, the fluid breathing stuff, the oxygenated fluorocarbon emulsion, is is actually uh, classified as a controlled substance by the uh, FDA or whoever does that. Huh. And uh, therefore, you can't just sort of like have it hanging around your set. You know, there has to be a guy there. Here you go for fluid breathing demonstration. 101. Oh, there it is. So, I was wrong. You're right. I, I do know a few things about this movie. So, uh, so anyway, so, so as, you're, as you're seeing here, you know, like obviously this is the set, but when they go in tight, we're going to be jumping to San Pedro, California, where the whole thing's been redone for the specific actual act of dunking the rat. And so I happened to be on the set that day. Me and everybody else who knew that it was rat dunking day, we all gathered around to watch this thing. So there's three people on camera. There's about 50 off camera trying to see this phenomenon in action, and I'm one of them. And it must have been about 25 <laughs> Really oh happening. god! That's what so we're horrifying. seeing is really happening. Yeah, and this is and and the the the, the oh. magic of the magic of special effects is they put the rat in oxygenated fluorocarbon emulsion and watch him breathe it because that's what happens. That's how it oh works. Oh my god! So, so the ASPCA did not lose their shit. They were they for whatever reason they were okay with it. This, now, this rat is actually breathing. He's breathing this liquid. As as they say in the movie, he's he's doing it. He's not digging it, but he's doing it. But but for whatever reason, it was determined not so cruel that they couldn't do it in a movie. And, I wonder uh, what that. I wonder what the man. I wonder what the experience of that feels like. I wonder horrifying. Yeah. I'm sure it feels sure, like drowning. I'm, I'm sure it feels like drowning. Yeah, but, yeah. but but once you get past the moment of oh, I'm not. You know. Now, of course, it has been done with human rats. Just confused. It has know. been done with human <laughs> test subjects. You know, uh, it has been done, but it, it leads to a lot of complications. So, so it's not a practical mm. system. So it has, wait, yet. But it has been done. Oh yeah, and, pe- and people can do this for minutes and minutes on end. Yeah. And then they actually let it drain. And they let right it drain out. That's what we're watching. The real problem is what happens after. It's getting the fluid out is harder. And, yeah. you know, because yeah, you'd have to the, the lungs. Because the definition of fluid in lungs is pneumonia is what we call it. <laughs> when you have fluid but, in your but, lungs, it's I called mean, pneumonia. I mean, the, the um, whole thing. And, and, and surely Jesus, what they thought of when they up. did that is like that's – that's what happens before you're born. You're breathing this, yeah. this, you know, basically embryonic fluid, fluid. Yeah. and you, and it's got oxygen in it, and that's how you breathe. And and so they're like, well, I suppose we could probably yeah. still do that if we could figure out. And we fluid really, the, the, the problem is mental. The problem is like to get past that mental block of I'm drowning. You know, even though you, intellectually you know that this is supposed to work, that's the hard part. So, oh, yeah. God. yeah. 
It's watched a rat even, drown, Even man. just sitting here, you're like, fuck. Yeah. I feel like I'm drowning just thinking. I've I didn't know, but I just I don't think I've ever seen that shot where they they drown the rat yeah. before. Hippie, uh-huh. hippie, the guy with the the guy with the rat. Uh, I, I ended up standing behind him in the lunch line that day, and we're looking at each other, going, "That was fucking awesome, wasn't it?" And he goes, "That was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. It was amazing." Um, nice. And they had and they had uh, they had uh, like as uh, someone mentioned already because it's in the making of. They had five rats. They did five takes, and they did five different rats. Not because the rat died, but because when you went to take two. The rat kind of knew what was up, <laughs> and so yeah, the rat would be the rat would be not down the rat would be a little antsy about we're doing oh. wait we're, we're going again what so they would just bring out a new rat who didn't know the deal ah. and they would do it with a second rat, but all the rats lived they all survived they were not harmed. These these diving suits are a big deal because they were designed specifically for this. They're, and the, and they're viable diving and suits. And they work, and they're practical. And and Cameron himself and other key crew members would wear them, too, because it keeps your... You can but talk with it. You can see their face, yeah. and it can record the dialogue. It, yeah. it, uh, most of what we're hearing so here, the dialogue is oh, really? recorded from those suits. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. It's the real deal. So and, and Cameron would wear it, too, so he could talk and give direction. Uh, and, this is one of those projection ones, right? That's a, that was a projection one. You can uh-huh. kind of tell. It kind of holds That's up. It kind of breaks down. But this is the miniature. Um, and this is a multi-pass dry for wet on a smoke stage, um, you know, with uh, with uh, just multiple passes and the strobes and all these lighting passes. Looks watery. And, you know, phenomenally complicated miniature miniature visual effect shot to do. Um, and again, we have not seen a lick of CG yet because CG didn't really exist in the movies. I really like that. It'll though. come up soon. I, I really dig that about movies like this. That again, effectively watching it for the first time. That's re- remembering. <laughs> that's what I love about all these old movies. Yeah. Is that number one, they have to find a way to get it in camera. So you know. They'll go to all these outrageous lengths to make stuff like this work, but in the end, it's really you're really looking at something that was real, yeah. of course. And it's it's fun. It was great to go to Dream Quest and be able to walk up and like you know, you couldn't like pick it up and play with it and zoom it around like yeah, look. But but to be able to look up close at the amazing detail of you know the flatbed model that was two and a half feet across, you know, mm-hmm. just go damn, look at that thing. That thing is gorgeous. Little geek. That's yeah. Right. Now this come this like real guys, and then in the distance, it's the miniature, and it's all been hooked together with uh, you know with an optical, and it literally is optical. It's not digital compositing, and, and that's impressive because you can't see the seam. Like yeah. there's no black line or yeah. anything. It's like there it is. Dream Quest. Dream Quest was was on a par. They never were as big as ILM, but Dream Quest was a very high end company. A lot of people from ILM uh, came there, and a lot of people who, when that company closed down, are now at ILM. Um, it was, it was a, they did good work at DreamQuest. They did really good work there. Good thing they got the light stick on there, you know, because they have a flashlight mounted to their head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if that thing goes out, be, you yeah, want to have a little sure. something. In fact, that's going to be a plot well, point yeah, in a I second. Guess, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's your backup. I, I, last time I went scuba diving, which was in the Turks and Caicos Islands, they made us all, because we're night diving, they made us all have, carry light sticks because if your flashlight goes out, you know, first of all, they want to be able to see where you are. And hmm. also, it's just like, if, if you're down in the water and your flashlight goes out at night, you'll wig out. It's a guarantee. So at least you have your little yeah, silo. That makes sense. Though, yeah. If you have your little silo, then you know oh, that's God, not going to go out. I'm having a panic attack thinking about being underwater at night. <laughs> like, it's black. You, you can see yeah. about a quarter of an inch outside of your, your, your yeah. eyeballs, and you see like a fish. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I inhale and exactly. I die. I just I just I had spit out the thing and then I inhale water and then I die. Yeah. I, I have I, I discovered I have a real problem with the idea of swimming with fish around me. Not Dude, even like no, 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 I'm the fish, same way. Like freaks same me out. Freaks me out. Thing, but just fish. Dude, I have the problem with I fish. I have the problem with sticks. Like if I'm swimming <laughs> in a pond with like nothing bad. <laughs> ah, sticks. <laughs> if I'm swimming in a pond with like there's stuff and I'm like I touch a stick that's underwater like it's something like kind of poking on the ground. I lose my shit. When, you know, jumping ahead in the story, but one in the tank that we shot most of our creature stuff in um, was not a big tank. It was the size of a, 
a not very large swimming pool, really. And it was a little deeper than most people's swimming pool and had no shallow end. But it was not a gigantic tank. It was a pretty small tank. It was, you know, not much bigger than this room we're sitting in. Um, but it was pretty deep. Um, and we would have our creatures down in there. And, and often, often we would work them from up above. But um, sometimes someone, and it was usually me, would have to do some puppetry from down in the water. Uh, one day we'd been doing a shot with, with one of our bigger versions of the puppet, and we'll talk in detail about that later, but, but it was the end of the day, and they wrapped, and as soon as they wrapped, because we ran late that day, as soon as they wrapped, the electricians just went, boom, and they pulled the plug on all the lights, and the tank went pitch dark. Um, but we hadn't gotten our creature out yet. And he had to be unbolted from this rig that was holding him down in the water. And it's just things has got a six-foot wingspan. It's this alien creature that, you know, that I helped build, all right? But then I had to go down. I was still in my gear. I was the only one in gear. And it's pitch black, and they gave me a little flashlight. And I had to go down in the tank, which was full of <laughs> drapes and gear. It was like swimming into a sunken ship. It wasn't wide open. It was full of stuff. And I had to move my way through all this crap in pitch black just with my little flashlight to swim up to the giant alien creature That's and un- unbolt him. Yeah, like I said, I sat in the <laughs> studio. I sat in the shop for this thing for six weeks. I know what it is. It's a rubber thing. And still, it creeped me the hell out to have to swim up to it with a flashlight because I said, I know those motherfuckers up top are just going to yank on a control and the thing's going to move. Uh-huh. And I'm going to shit my wetsuit if they do that. <laughs> so so I literally... nowhere to go in that wetsuit. Exactly. So I, I literally, like, I, I gave it a huge wide berth. I, literally, it's, it, I swum around it, so there's no way it can move and touch me in any way. It's just amazing how being underwater in the dark changes your perspective right. on the stupid rubber puppet that you yourself have built. You know, It's a very strange thing. So... This right here, I, back, to the, back to the movie we were talking about. Um, again, a whole set, a whole series of sets under the well, damn water. For once, we're, we were still talking about the same <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> full, of, you know, and full of junk. And imagine how much of a pain in the ass this becomes about 10 minutes later when it's just you're full, full of junk floating around and you have to clear it out of your way. And so in fact, uh, it's a major moment in the making of documentary where they first built this set and sunk it in the water and only then realized that the prop department or set department had used water-soluble glue to put all the floors oh. in place. And, say, and, they have, and they have footage of how, you know, just these white clouds just start rising up out of the floor and then the floor tiles all start flying up in the water and, and it's like, well, I guess that's a wrap for today. We're done for today. Um, water. Cla- That's how this movie goes six months. Exactly. Water clarity would vary from day to day. You know, the filtration system would, would have a good day or a bad day. Um, you know, sometimes you couldn't see your hand in front of your face in front of the tank. The tank sprung a leak at least once that I know of. One of the main pipes burst and the water level just started to disappear. Um, and again, these are stories that I heard secondhand. I wasn't there for them. But uh, the crew had lived through all of that by the time they came to second unit and we started working with them. So they were, they were pretty hardcore. <laughs> it was like it was Let like me tell you well, something exactly working about with shooting working the with the abyss crew. Uh, anyone, you know, no matter who it was, even the craft service guy, you pretty well learned not to complain because that was it was it's like hanging with Vietnam vets and going, yeah, my arms kind of sore, you know, and they go, let me tell you a story about a sore arm, buddy. <laughs> you know, I was in 90 feet of water and Jim Cameron, you know, bit my arm off and hit me with a socket wrench. <laughs> and, you know, the room exploded. I mean, this is the kind of, these are the kind, these are the kind of stories these guys have. This is pretty dark. Yeah, and then, and then these are... I'm sure that's a real person. Too. They're all real people. These are all real guys holding their breath because um, that's just so much better than a dummy. We really get into the whole the movie thing where people in movies can swim while holding their breath for a minute and a half. Yeah, and you'll see and, that happen soon. Dude, and the whole thing is that I grew up thinking... I just can't hold my breath very long, I guess. <laughs> like, I always thought, like, I not. suck at this. I, no, yeah. I just, like... Can, can everyone else, like, just swim underwater for a minute and a half? Like, at one point, doesn't 
Doesn't he really actually swim like across? He does. Ed, Ed Harris and uh, Catfish, the, the actor, uh, are going to do a tremendously long free swim. Yeah. In about well, Ed Harris does it once, and then she does it separately, pretending to be dead. But it's really her. Yeah. It's not a dummy. Well, but but uh, there's the big free swim, and then and then Ed Harris's suit dive stuff is even worse than a free swim, and we can right. talk about what? that when we get there. Uh, well, because well, we can well, wait. We can wait. We'll, we'll get, get to it. We'll get there. But yeah. seriously, like I would watch movies and be like. I can hold my breath underwater for 40 seconds, well, I guess. That's coming yeah. back but, to but the when you try to swim, it's like... Can you swim and can you, more no, importantly, right. can you act? Can you give a performance <laughs> while you're doing it? If you're, if you're trying to play anything other than, help, I'm drowning, um, you know. It's, right. Once you start swimming, all of a sudden, holding your breath isn't the issue. It's yeah. expending energy like a motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, you, you're swi- Oh, God, I can't... It's even- hard to do. And I had to, I had to do it... Um, I had to do it on this damn movie, uh, even though you don't even see me, um, because I was puppeteering under the creature... They would, they would, uh, and this was just, and, and again, I couldn't, I couldn't raise a fuss about this because this was just expected. If you're on this damn movie, buck it up, soldier. I'd be under the creature and I'd be manipulating something from underneath. Well, I couldn't exhale during a take because mm. <laughs> the air, As the we're air, looking at right now, you exactly. see the bubbles coming exactly. out of the suit. And not only could I not exhale during a take, I had to hold my breath long before the take really started so that the bubbles would clear and then brush all the bubbles off the creature that I might have accidentally oh, put on like, with. Can have like a run like a tube to the side or you something? Would, you would not, no, not for lowly such as me. I said, you know, oh, if you gave man. me one of those helmets, um, the, they didn't have a rig like that. So, so it would be like, if if I used to have video, raw video of, of behind the scenes making of that we shot ourselves with a VHS camera, and it used to be like the the, the action call was, you know, all right, Trey, hold your breath, <laughs> roll camera, oh, get those God. get those get those bubbles and slate and audio speeding and action, let's go again, <laughs> you know, and then I'd be like waiting for cut, like. Dude, don't forget that I need to exhale at some point and breathe again. And, you know, doing my manipulation. So I got pretty good hold of my breath. I probably did at least a, a couple of minute plus well, takes. Well, it helps, it helps when you're not actually, when you're swimming, it's yeah. really hard. When you're physical. The fact that I didn't have to, like, swim. Still, yes, exactly. You can but, get a good 40 but seconds. Still. And I had to, I had to, the way I did it was I'm, I'm wearing the scuba rig, but I had, like, weights strapped all over me so I could just stand on the bottom. Ah. You know, so I'm just pinned to the bottom by all this weight I've just got dangling off of me. Oh, man, that's rough. So, With a spider. Oh, the, the guy, the guy the guy, who, the guy who had a crab in his mouth, I, I give him big big points for for major balls. Holy crap! But um, and, although I could, movie is although I have to say this, it's one of my few technical quibbles, <laughs> which is like how did how did the crabs get into the center of a nuclear submarine that only crashed about twelve hours ago? Right, You're it's a little early for the crabs to become movie in. magic, man. I guess so. Now we're actually about to come up with the what is the first teaser appearance of the critters, and and we actually tried to shoot this. As an insert, where we actually tried to make the reflection off of his faceplate practical, and and so we actually brought one of our creatures. It was the first time we brought one of our creatures to set, and anyone ever actually saw what the creatures were going to look like. This uh, this actor here, the name character's name is Jammer. Um, his reaction to seeing it, and and we determined pretty early on that with all of the complexities and all the difficulties of refraction and everything else, that there was just no way in hell that we could position the creature to get the reflection to look like anything. So it became an optical that we did. We did a reference pass, but that was it. But um, but his reaction is a little piece of miniature set that they just built and stuck, and it was shot well after after uh, after first unit was was done in South Carolina. So and this this, this scene I think POV this scene like captures it. the sense of claustrophobia because yeah. you're this like is, this is me. Yeah, this is your this is your POV, it. and it's and the only sound is like his his own breathing, like just echoing in his head. And it's it's been used before to great effect in space movies and stuff. When they suddenly the soundtrack just all goes away and it just becomes 
comics, it's a great, it's a great bit to suddenly just put the audience in the perspective of the person who's trapped in this little bubble of air. So. Another tremendously amazing set. Yeah. We're having some problems. We're having technical difficulty. Okay, seems all right. Huge set, all under damn water. Yeah. So I have a question. Maybe one of you guys knows. Yeah. Um, do you know what the budget was on this thing? As I recall, forty million. Wow. Which in nineteen eighty nine was almost real money. Uh, yeah. We seem to be having a serious problem. Yeah. I'm trying. We may have to resync here. Okay. All right. Uh, we just had some. We got this movie from Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, really. Same too. When she's yeah, yeah. in the sub, she's yeah. in the sub. We're Negative. watching. We're watching uh, Lindsay outside the sub minutes. right now. I, I hope, hope you're all right. Max, then I'll sound a diver recall. Okay, so I hope you're still we're, we're with us. We're probably really close to where you're at. So yeah, you might not have to worry. We about had some it. chatter there. So all of a sudden, now we see a big. Now we got some optical going on. Ooh, now, now this cool. is this is a real practical. Uh, Device that was put on uh, on a motion control rig and so on, and it's it's you'll see it better in a later sequence. But both these ships that were called the Manta ships are were the most phenomenal pieces of miniature making I've ever seen with my own eyes. And they've got and they've got there's a great story they can tell about the Manta ship when we get to it. But that was uh, whatever that was called. It was not called the Manta ship. It's the smaller one. But the they they actually were the plexiglass. They were full of fiber optics and and plasma balls and and neon and lasers and sh- and there were just all these amazing works of art. There were these little crystal works of art that were made to be the ships in this movie. So spectacular to look at and they actually were all practical they would all light up and you know all the stuff lit up just like our creatures did our creatures actually were internally illuminated it was hard man Garfield joke nice just to make sure that we're still synced up they're back inside and they're talking about we lost power right then look I just don't want to talk (laughs) about this we just did the the Garfield suction cup window joke (laughs) yeah that is adorable (laughs) (laughs) That's actually in the script. That's actually written into the script. Nice. That there's a Garfield. Um, because there's a scene, I don't know if they ever actually shot it or if it's in the special edition, but there was a scene, it's actually in the script, of when Coffee starts to lose his shit, where he's looking out that window, and like Garfield, the Garfield doll has that, hang on, baby, look. And it was supposed to be like this weird kind of joke of him grimacing out the window with Garfield clinging on next to him, making a, making a face, which might, maybe they shot it. Obviously, they're setting it up, but maybe it was just a little too, a little too comedic to actually use. I don't recall it ever being in the okay, movie. Okay, so we, 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 we skipped over the part where he actually saw something. We did. We, we totally missed it. But there was a brief reflection of the critter, um, which was an optical because we couldn't make a practical reflection actually work. Right. But... And we're back to, you know, having some drama going on, you know, this, uh, characters, you know, having arguments and talking about stuff that means a lot to them. Um, <laughs> and, and speaking of which, if you know the history of Jim Cameron, um, the, you know, he, he and Gail Ann Hurd co-created and she produced and he directed Terminator and then they got married and then, um, and then they did, uh, then they did Aliens together and then during the abyss they were getting divorced. So, so... The joke was uh, the joke. In, the joke at the time was that the Abyss is the most expensive divorce in Hollywood history because huh. because they were both on the set. I mean, she was around. I met her. Um, but if you look, if you want to get all psychological, what's this movie about? Let's see. It's about a guy who works for his own ex-wife because basically she is his boss, even though he runs his particular little rig of people. But she is the one who actually runs this, and he has to save the world and get her back. So. So if you want to get psychological about that, then you know, feel free. Go right ahead and see if, see if you can figure it out. 
So this is all. Put those pieces together. Exactly. See if you find a find We're a, seeing Bill a Tyler's thread. name on that's the screen. Bill, right that's now. Bill Tyler. Um, I, just, I just want to make sure that we, we do get resynced. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Well, some human being would actually quality control this, and then the the, the viewer doesn't have to. So, so the uh, a lot of this stuff about the. Russian uh, Russian aggression buildup is also stuff that got cut out of the main thing because it's basically a setup for the wave sequence that then when the wave sequence is gone, this stuff wasn't necessary either. So it allowed lots of little trims and lifts to to come out. But, I guess uh, that must have been probably why he took out the wave sequence because like, well, if I take this out, then you can take out all the setup that goes with uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, that's the point. Is is rather than try and like shorten everything and keep everything in, take out an entire subplot. You know, and and again, that that happens in movies all the time. I mean, you know, that happens quite often in movies where, you know, Constantine is one I saw recently where there's an entire character who's been taken out of the movie because they needed to shorten it and they just took all of her scenes out and she's no longer part of the story, um, and that worked fine. This they took out the ending and, the, and everything that led up to it. So again, whether it was the right choice or not, you know, who can say? But uh, that was the choice that was made. I guess that might explain why this movie didn't do as well as you think it, it would. It just made, when you got to the end of it, it just kind of made you go, "Huh." Yeah, you know, it just—it felt like it was going somewhere, and in fact, of course, it used to be, and then just didn't, and it just—it felt weird. Here's some, here's some RP. This has got to be real. Here's some RP that's you know almost totally successful. It's not bad, Um, but yeah, this is all RP stuff. And much worse. Yeah, exactly. And there's been some, there's been some very clever forced perspective here and there also, um, which I give Cameron great, great props for for in this day and age still using forced perspective in a big Hollywood visual effects movie to go, we don't need to spend that money, we'll do it for perspective. So we're coming up on the uh, some pretty damn spectacular stunts and action and uh, visual effects, which is when the, the, crane, the crane goes bluey. So... It's, it's a ways to go yet. That's right. The special edition does have like, oh, there's more scenes now between that yeah, happening. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep checking out and so does Ryan. We're just kind of like watching the movie. <laughs> We're kind of enjoying the commentary. You just have to pay attention. Like, you know, every, t- every time you, you find yourself kind of going, yeah, all right. Just, that's all underwater. What happened just there? That was all underwater. Here, here's the bit where they're picking <clears throat> up the nuclear warhead, which becomes important. And I guess they kind of stole for Armageddon. I mean, basically the same happen. The same thing that happens here kind of happens in Armageddon, right? Hey, in terms of in terms of taking the nuclear warhead and then being and like, then going, we, we have to detonate. Well, it's, and we've talked about this in some other commentary that you know this this falls back on the old. This only happens in movies. It doesn't really happen in real life. Is if you talk to someone who designs nuclear warheads, there's nothing easier in the world to deactivate right. than a nuclear warhead because why would you make that hard? Right. You know, it's like the whole point of a nuclear warhead generally is to not explode except for that one time that you might want it to. Yeah. So you would think that the designers would probably make it very, very hard to make a nuclear warhead explode. Well, they're not fools, and that's the truth. So, so, yeah. so the idea is, if literally, like... Probably if, pushing if, any button out of exactly. sequence would if someone, if someone pulled up in a pickup truck and dropped off a nuclear warhead to us right now and said, could you guys take care of this? I guarantee you, we could open up the hood and go off. And it would be that simple, because why would it be more complicated than that? You know, the scenario where you want it to be exciting as to whether or not you can turn the nuclear warhead off is only happening in movies. No one in real life wants that excitement. And of course, you got to have the countdown timer. Of course, you got to have a countdown timer. It's not. It's not on impact. As if that would do you any good at all in real (laughs) life. It's like, oh, I have 17 seconds to throw the gigantic button that says off. Oh no, I better hurry. One of these has got to be a cameo. 
I mean, you know, I, I don't know when I don't recognize yeah. anyone, but absolutely, it does seem like this would be the hour. and they may well be very, somebody, All but I don't know who Native it is. American Joe Pesci. That's that's <laughs> right. It's. Uh, <laughs> We should do that. Now, uh, now again, just asking the question, uh, if you're watching them come back into the moon pool, just you watch a movie and go, oh, that's cool. But just imagine, okay, this is a movie. This submarine has to come out of the water with four guys on board on, hit its mark, you know, while the camera hits its mark, while the actress is... Imagine, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do that. It takes a while to set up that shot, to rehearse it, and then to get it to work. And then when you have it, it's four seconds. Exactly. Then it's four seconds of your movie, so... Movie magic. That's right. Well, and over budget, expensive movie magic, and mm-hmm. no, you know, that's it's no surprise. So, but that's why they let Jim Cameron do it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, that was a good shot. Now, now, of course, by the time you know, and again, I can. This is something I am an eyewitness to. By the by the time we were in this post production, of course. Fox was sniffing around all the time, watching every move that everyone made, saying, "Do we really need to get this shot? Do we really need to do this today? Do we really need to do this?" And and I saw them. I saw them leaning on Jim. I saw them do it. And and uh, you know, he, it was pretty. It was the only time I ever. I ever. Um, you know. Saw Jim not be completely in control of any situation because he did have to. He did actually have to talk to the Fox guys. He had to acknowledge that they existed, <laughs> and he actually had to answer this their was questions. Titanic, so exactly. He had to well, on Titanic, he was yeah. He, until Titanic him. became Titanic, he was taking right. massive shit from Fox, and and you know, but he knew how to do it. He, ah, he'd been like through this experience. Stop yeah, it's like clock. one of the few stop motion things uh, in the whole movie. Is that little? Is the arm? I like a little cup holder there. The swinging one? Yeah, it's, a, it's right off of a bass boat. It's a mm-hmm. standard bass boat, you know, coupler. So now we're about to see some serious shit, as Doc <laughs> Brown would say. And and it's it's going to go by way too fast to talk about, but you're going to see every kind of visual effects technique all cut right together. You're going to see full scale and miniature and forced perspective and motion control and dry for wet and wet for dry. And you name it, it's all happening in this sequence. And it's, this is a great action sequence, too, because it's got, it's got the great um, well, two-part... It's I mean, got the two-part to it. them into yeah. the titular abyss. Exactly, right? the actual they're abyss. they're right on the edge of a yeah. giant trench. A giant trench. You said titular. Titular. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's, I could have said it Practical. Too, Obviously, you can, you can... Again, I it's... Say I just can't imagine, even in this day and age... Very smart. Using I, them college words. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine in this day and age that someone without tremendous effort and difficulty could could create that effect of a giant skid of an oil rig being dragged across the floor and kicking up dust through any other, you oh, know, yeah. th- optically. I mean, you, Mr. Uh, do Stuff on Demand, you'd be kind of you'd be kind of like, wow, that's going to be a bitch to try yeah. and make that look well, right. It'd be like, uh, we need to talk to the 3D guys first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before you... Any chance- listen, listen, give it, give it to the most professional CG artists in the world, you know. It's still it's still a toss up whether it's going to look yeah, exactly. as real as if you yeah, do it. I was, they're still going to be like, can we do this live? I was yeah. I was, I was, anyway? I was shoot some elements. At you least? know, I was watching Lost the other day, the the, the episode, the season finale of Lost, and they had a shot of a submarine. Where I was like, wow, that was so not a good shot of a digital fake submarine. I was kind of shocked how not good a shot it was. You know, because normally that show does pretty good work, but that one, it, mm, you should have gotten a real submarine. I'll for that talk one, to kids. some people and find out who did it. Find out who did it because it felt I felt so we'll I was bring him in and I was kind of shocked. I've actually surprised. been in awkward positions at parties because I've said, I saw Lost for the first time in like a few weeks. Yeah. The night. And the effects sucked. Really that was horrible. me. And he was like, that was my shot. And I'm like, yeah. sorry, man. And again, I, we have to differentiate. We have to differentiate, though. We always have to put the disclaimer on that we're all in the business. None of us really would go, that, those guys suck because their shot was bad. We all know that shots are bad for all kinds of reasons yes. that don't have anything yes. to do with the skill I, of that, the operator. That, that, Usually the clients. Yes. That literally happened to me with Ryan one time where I was watching a show he worked <laughs> on, and it's like, so who did 
did those uh, those bits right there where you know uh, it was Eli Stone and it was the pilot and he's like where he was on the mountain and stuff and he's like oh that was mine and I'm like oh oh it was great well this is awkward yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was not so good what happened like no. he is, and and like I said well here here is why is you know the client uh, one of those one of those notes where they yeah. want everything to be in focus they want to see yeah. everything yeah, yeah. we paid Even for it we want it to be in focus exactly. yeah exactly so th- th- again that watch there's about to be some serious shit coming down uh, I remember talking to the model guys about this this are, hose thing and they, yeah, and they the were really concerned because they were like we don't know how we're going to do this hose thing and I was like what what's the problem and they said it's a miniature hose and it has to fall hard and fast and and basically it's it's filled hard with hard and fast and heavy and you know and, and they couldn't do it fake because it had to do this wow, it had to be it had to be interactive with the ground and kick up well, the dust couldn't they just shoot it at shouldn't they just shoot it at like 20 uh, at 12 but then it just it but then it feels but it then feels the, light. yeah it doesn't it yeah, doesn't it feels feel too light like they basically had to had to build the biggest hose they could build and fill it with lead shot and it was just tremendously heavy anyway so i Whoa. love this this setup here is great where they the you know, they make the, 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 the setup here is that the crane has been ripped off the cab, and obviously this hose is telling them that the crane is inbound. It's They're going to land out. on them, and oh, they're okay. It barely misses them. They're, everything's barely. fine. And then, of course, it's, it's a brilliant action beat that they're about to do based off of that. Like, whew, that was close. Oh, but we're all okay now. Everything's going to be fine, and we wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then they realize, oh, it's about to get so much worse. It's going to drop in there and pull us down. <laughs> now the crane is going... Over the edge of the abyss. Yeah. And Where's Toby Schiff? We, we need him yeah. in a wench immediately. Exactly. Oh, shit. And we're still tied to the damn thing. Yeah. Toby, I said Toby Schiff. That Toby is, Schiff. That good good reference. Good reference. You get, you get a little reversal where you're like, oh, they're going to be okay. And then it's like, yeah. oh, no, they're not. It's like they're building the tension. They are so not. Building the tension twice. And so, uh, so yeah. So, again, you can. it's so obvious that this is really... Whenever it's real, like these shots of the crane mostly are, you can just, you know, there's no way that can, to this day, I don't think anyone could pull it off convincingly digitally that isn't, you know, is as convincing as this. Yeah, you'd have to shoot a, a lot of real stuff. Yeah, to be able you'd have so yeah. many elements, you, you might you as well try, just do it. You don't you know? want to do a particle simulation. You want to do a yeah. liquid yeah. sim. Yeah. None of, I mean, it's not going to look right. It may look right if you try in 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. However, however, now, no. however any studio yeah. executive will say, as opposed to what they went through on the abyss, yeah, you bet we're doing it digitally, and I don't care if it's not going to look <laughs> as good. That's how it is. Now, we're about to get into... Serious dump tank action in these very complicated sets with actual actors being nailed by tremendous amounts of water, which, again, is just impressive as hell. This guy guy goes out hard. It's really a shame. Oh, explode. Ting. Ow. That hurts when you get hit by a door. But uh, the place is about to, to... Start flooding, and uh, you're going to see all the all the actors going through some serious problems. And this is really rough. I remember watching this as a kid because I, you know, I watched this when I was very young and stuff like mm. that. And the scenes we're about to see, where some of the characters we have spent some time with, just die. Yeah, they're just gone. They're and out. Shit, right Bye. in front of us. Yeah. They literally die right. Yeah, in front including of strangely us. enough, uh, the character uh, whose whose character name I can't remember, but the actor's name is Kid Brewer, Captain Kid Brewer. Um, he's going to have a dramatic out. Yeah, like like you see him through the window yeah. and like you watch and yeah. that is an incredibly hard moment to yeah. watch. Now this is this I, I lost my shit watching a rat drown, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this Yeah, we'll wait for it. And by the way, you can see where this is where the expense of having a hugely complicated set pays off. The set was suspended over the tank so that they can have the moon pool. So all I can do is they, they're just lowering the set into the tank. They're not flooding the set. They're just yeah. dropping it into the water. So 
So I believe I believe we're about That's to come close. to yeah. yeah. It's like, you saw yeah. you saw the guy right there. Yeah. We're talking like, about this on the, the little shop thing where it's like I don't want to stand next to that. <laughs> yeah, That's a twelve yeah. foot tall plant. And this guy it's getting the same thing here. It's like I don't care if you plan shit. This felt like it's still a, a sub, giant fucking thing. Sub dropped on him. I mean, you know, this is like, stuntman. Give it up for stuntman people. I mean, come on. Hold this, on, this is on. Yeah, see, so this is this is where we find out that that guy who got nailed by the door actually didn't die. <laughs> he actually, he got his arm broken. Him. He got his arm broken, but he didn't actually get killed by the experience. <clears throat> so, kids, if the door explodes, you're fine. You'll be fine. And, oh, right to the brink. You know, that's a big model too. <laughs> that model is huge. And they're actually dragging it around underwater. Imagine resetting that set for the next yeah, take. Seriously, you'd have to wait like two hours. Yeah, for the uh-huh. dust to exactly. Now you see what this movie was like. Um, now, now you see. Why now you see only cool. now, in the end, do you understand how fucked up it was to try and make this movie. Now here it goes. This is Captain Kid Brewer, this guy in the front. Yeah, uh, Finler is his character's name. Um, and in a strange quirk of fate, Finler, uh, he was an actual boat guy, uh, and uh, he actually did drown in a uh, in a boat accident oh, wow. some years after this movie was made. Um, so we're watching, watching what kind of did happen to him in real life just yeah, a few bit, years later. Yeah, this bit it's kind of freaky. Is genuinely even even without that ever happening, like yeah. what we're about. Yeah, to see, it's just just the idea this is hard of to watch because yeah, look at this having to watch someone drown and not being able to do anything about it is yeah. And, and the movie's going to go even and farther in that with that theory pretty soon. But uh, and then now Ed Harris is about to do some serious stunts. Go Ed. Every time I see the scene of him going down the hallway with all the water, this it's this giant coupling that's sticking out. It's like Ooh. someone's just going to take their yeah. eye out on that thing. Just how do you how do you flood a room and wash an actor through it with this, this kind of stuff front. hanging off of it? All right. Okay, here we go. And here this comes the moment about. of the ring, which Bang. now having established that the ring is titanium, this scene makes sense. But most people figured that was just a regular wedding band, and they yeah. go, "Oh, that's dumb." Yeah. So so much for that metal you know. is too soft yeah. to withstand that. But here's, here's, you know, also not a fun scene for an actor. Kind of kind of scary. <laughs> you know, a lot of trust. A lot of trust involved. Well, we haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, but I mean, just this. I mean, just this. Later. Yeah, it'll be fine, Ed. It'll be fine. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this uh, definitely, again, from experience. And I wasn't on any of these sets, but just from what I saw on the, on the second unit stuff. Um, yes, it was difficult. And yes, it was dangerous. But it was not... I, anyone um, people have said this and I, I'll say that everything I saw agrees with it it's not it wasn't a risky set it wasn't a dangerous set it wasn't a crazy set this wasn't a cowboy movie where everyone was like oh what could possibly happen this was you know this is hard stuff and they were therefore everyone knew what could possibly th- yeah, happen and therefore they, they were, were extra 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 cautious in shooting it and they took every precaution they possibly could yes there were some near misses because there are sometimes right but it wasn't because they were being careless what and were I, some of the near misses uh, well we get to the moments uh, coming up uh, there's certainly the, the there's a couple when Ed's doing the deep dive and there's a couple when uh, there's the one where there's the swimming across the tank the big free dive they're going to do in a little while but um, and uh, and <clears throat> Excuse me, but but I I saw I saw safety was a huge concern and everyone was very safety conscious. And for example, a buddy of mine who was a puppeteer on this thing, uh, Chris, learned to scuba just to be able to do this. He wasn't a scuba diver. I had already been a scuba diver since I was 16 years old, so I was actually fairly proficient at it. Um, Chris just sort of got enough training in to be able to wear scuba underwater without losing his shit and drowning himself. Um, but he wasn't particularly trained at it. And one time he was in the tank doing stuff. Uh, Cameron was Cameron and I were outside looking through the big plexiglass viewport. We weren't in the tank with him. He was alone in the tank, and he was in like 10 feet of water. And Cameron and I are talking about the shot, and Chris is in there setting stuff up. And Chris 
went up to the surface and Jim immediately got on this loud hailer he had where he could talk to people in the water with these underwater speakers. He goes, Chris, you didn't exhale on the way up. You need to do that if you're below 10 feet of water. Otherwise, you could embolize your lungs. All right, buddy. He just saw that out of the corner of his eye while we were having a conversation. <laughs> I saw that guy didn't exhale as he was going up, you know, and immediately was on it. And that's 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 the, amazing. That's the way the set was. Is everyone was like always like, okay, we don't want no shit to go down. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the testaments to this movie is is yeah, it went crazily over schedule, went crazy over budget. No one died. There's no significant injury or death story that comes out of this movie. No one even got particularly badly hurt. Boy, after working on this thing, going back to a normal set is like <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, as I, as I've said before, having worked on the abyss, and even I just worked on that little tiny bit of it, but it was all you know, it was certainly grueling enough. Um, Working in the abyss, just yeah, it's, it's hard for any other movie to make you kind of go. This is hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And, and you don't, and you right. don't, and you don't brook much whining from people who are like, "It's really hard making this movie." And you just go, "Buck up, rookie! I was on the abyss." All right, you want to hear some stories? I'll tell you stories. And and you know, of course, people who were at first unit can tell so much more amazing, crazy stories than I than I ever can. Nineteen eighty nine, twenty years yeah, ago. Nineteen eighty nine, and we were making it in nineteen eighty eight, of course. And I, I just finished The Blob, and I went right into doing this movie. You were a baby. I was. I was a mere sprat. But just even having water on a set is a special case, and, and everyone gets a raise already just because there's water on the set. <laughs> so how did they get this movie? How, how, is, how, is, how did this movie get made? It seems like right up front you're like, move, what? No. From the maker of Terminians. Ah, there you uh-huh. go. He was, he That'll was, do it. Yep. Okay, we'll give you the money. And then about halfway yeah, exactly. through, they're like, and then wait, And then halfway okay. through, we're going to start second-guessing you to death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, as, as David Mamet said, you know, movie executives love your, all your work. They love everything you've ever done, except for the thing you're doing for them right at that minute. <laughs> right. But if you're James Cameron, you start screaming at them, they run away <laughs> you can, in terror, you can, you and you can, then you get it done. Well, they didn't necessarily run away with, in terror. They did have you know, some weapons to wield. But, um, but you know, he's, just, he's, he's, a, he's by sheer force of will, and, and he can get a lot of things done. But he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not a human. He's not, he's not invulnerable. Um, I saw him lose some battles. But, oh, we'll uh, you know, but he, so Ed Harris, <laughs> obviously, was a hard shoot. Was there any particular reason that he didn't want to talk about the movie? Just because it was so hard, and and the uh, it's like a year of your life. Well, exactly, it's like, it's like what we talked about before. It's like it's almost like Vietnam. I mean, it I, really I is. Often thought I'm like making a movie is kind of like fighting a war. You know, it's and this nothing and, is ever and this, to be and on and into it at all times. Yeah, and, and, this, then, and then when you come out of it, you're like, I really don't want to. And talk this about movie it. more so than most because you know this movie because of the complexity of like this shot right here. This this shot is a huge. This is a little geek passing camera, you know. And having a little geek hit its mark and have the water be that clear so you can get the shot to begin with, I mean, that's, you know, that's all day. It's, if you're lucky, you spend all day waiting for the moment when that shot works. And as an actor, and they talk about this again in the making of, the actors would get suited up and they'd have to sit underwater for like six hours just waiting because it takes too long to go up again and come back. They have to be there for when the shot's ready. So they would just, you're just sitting underwater for like hours and hours and hours. And they all talk about how it's just totally, you have to go to this zen place where you just sit there. They would have, they had a charging station underwater. Where you're in a, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there, even though if you're in 30, 30 feet of water, you can run out of air in a four hours. And rather than go up and get a new tank, because they don't want to take that time, they, they actually get, they, you, they, they recharge you, you underwater. You don't have to go up. So, so wait, were you using smack a day at this point? Uh, pretty much, yeah, sure. So, how'd that work out? It was, uh, it was difficult. I, and I had some, I had some downtimes. I, there were times I would sit in the tank while they were setting lights outside or something would happen and, and there'd be a delay. And often, you know, it's different when you're the only guy in the tank because then people tend to forget 
that there's a guy in the tank, and they'll like be having Kenny a, Baker and our yeah, exactly. Show. They'll be having a conversation. I had this happen to me. They'd be having a conversation out there, and then you just I would look out, and I, I couldn't see anyone anymore. Everyone had just wandered away, and I'm like. Did they call lunch? I mean, what what's going on out there? And it's they're off having a conference and planning something or whatever they're doing. But, but you know, you just feel like sometimes you feel like the decorative goldfish in the bowl at the cocktail party that no one actually looks at. You know, it's like I'd be in this tank all by myself sometimes and just going, they remember I'm in here, right? And and to test that theory more than once, I did this more than once. Um, and this was a dream quest. It wasn't first unit. It was a very small tank. Just to just to mess with people. Sometimes I would take the regulator out of my mouth and I would just like do the dead man stare and float. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just hold the, you know, people would be walking past me and i just hold that pose like, dead guy, dead guy in here. Anyone going to notice there's a dead guy in the tank? Apparently Trey's drowned. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> no, no one ever spotted it. No one ever, no one ever saw that. Cameron no was, was ever alarmed. If Cameron had been there, he probably would have said something because he was that way, but. The other thing that happened to me in this... Cameron would have been there, would he have just kicked your ass? No, but he would. He probably would have gotten... Someone check and make sure Trey's really not dead, but... Um, if, he, if he's just being an ass. Cameron would probably go, Trey's just faking it, I can tell. From here, yeah. <laughs> watch. Give him a sec; he'll run out of air. He'll start yeah, moving exactly. again. He'll start panicking. But, but he would have at least acknowledged. I, here's an experience I had, and I've certainly never had anything like it. And, and most people haven't. Uh, people on the abyss have. Um, I was in the I was in the tank, and it was the smallest tank of all. It was this ten foot cube that we just shot inserts of our stuff in. And I'd just be in this tank, and it really was like I was a goldfish in a in a tank. And I just watch everyone work. And they had a little speaker that went down to my ear, so they could tell me things if you know. But they would just forget, or they'd be busy doing stuff, and I'd just be sitting there waiting for information. And um, one time. I found it was it was comfortable if I took off my tank and just held it like I wrapped myself around it like I was hugging it. And then if I did that, I would just float level about a foot off the deck of the tank. And as I, if I inhaled, I would go up a foot and I exhaled, I would go down a foot and I would just lay there in this kind of this neutral restive position and just go to my Zen place. And I did that once and I dozed off. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep on scuba in 10 feet of water. And I just, I don't know how long I was out. I don't know. You're like being in the womb, man. Exactly. But, but yeah, because at 10 feet of water, it takes you several hours to empty a scuba tank. But, but picture, if you can, what it's like to wake up and realize that you're underwater. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> that was, it wasn't the sleeping that was a problem because I was fine during the sleeping. You're like you're asleep and you feel like you're yeah. falling and you wake up you're like, oh yeah, shit. It was like, and then you're like, I was It was the waking up that was the diff- It was the re-entry that was the problem. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I will say that I did not, you know, I go, blah, and spit out the regulator and lose my shit. But it was close because it took me about, it took me that extra microsecond to go, no, I'm fine. I'm breathing and everything's cool and I'm working in the abyss and that's why I'm asleep underwater. But it's a very disconcerting. That, that'll thing. sober you out of your dream state pretty quick. Absolutely. Quickly. That moment of, wow, what's happening God right help, now? God help me for bringing it up. But I just Cook, fell asleep. Dane exactly. Cook has a really funny bit about, I jumped into a pool and I came up underneath someone that was on like a little inflatable raft. Yeah. Instantly went straight into panic and kill people mode. Absolutely. And imagine if like... Come up oh, under and it's like, ah, ah! Imagine if the whole set is above you and you have a whole ceiling and you have to swim down a hallway oh. and through two rooms. Now, here's oh, the like here's that. the mini Manta ship um, and an underwater blue screen, which is one of the few times this has ever been... Uh, well, first times it was attempted. Yeah. It um, seems to have worked. Harry Potter. No, yeah, it was Harry Potter. It looks good. Yeah. And again... Underwater blue screen. Yeah, oh, the, the failings that you're seeing of it are, are failings of the optical process that just, you know, it's hard to do. But anyway, so this thing is... This is the real deal. This thing's about a foot long but all that stuff it's in there 
It all works. It's That's all doing cool. that. Yeah, it's, have except for the shiny thing. Exactly. There's a no. The shiny thing is a uh, is a plasma ball that there. Yes. There's, there's there is a little optical glow thrown on top. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but yeah, those those interactive beams are all. It, it's got a beam thing. Now this is the Manta ship, the so-called Manta ship. Now here's the story of the Manta ship. There was a guy named Henry Darnell. He now works at uh, Sony ImageWorks. Last I saw, he, he he's one of those guys who transitioned from making real models to making digital models. Um, and he's a very good digital modeler. He made this. He made this Manta ship. Every day, we would go by his little station in the studio where he was sitting there crafting this work of art, this Manta ship. It was about, had about a two-foot wingspan, as I recall. Everything in it, it's the real deal. It's full of fiber optic and neon and laser beams, and it's all made of plexiglass, and it's this perfect... And, of course, he had to do it like he was doing heart surgery because he couldn't get any fingerprints on it or glue marks or anything else. We're about to see. This is a big deal because they actually shot her with, like, putting her hand on mylar so they could get her reflection like you see right there. Exactly. This, that's real. And, and they comped it in. And the, and the close-up coming up is actually Jim Cameron's hand done as an insert because he didn't like the way anyone performed the <laughs> I'm touching an alien spacecraft. So that's Jim's hand right there. He finally got the performance he wanted by doing oh, it himself. Um, which, is, which is the way we, we all found out that's how you please Jim, is let Jim touch whatever you're working on. Because <laughs> Jim wants to do everything because he knows how to do everything. So if you just go, uh, Jim, and he'll just like hit something with a spray can, then he's fine. Then he's like, oh, I've touched it. He's peed on it. <laughs> and then the, We all learned that was like the trick. Was If he was like, Nyeh. he was just like, Jim, you want to help me with this? Maybe you could paint this part. And that was it was a little trick you do with Jim Cameron, but um, I remember seeing that in the in the Terminator Two thing, like there was that big yeah. pit of like or, or the the big uh, the lava, and he's, the lava, he's messing and he's, with and the lava. He's, he's, exactly, yeah, he's like flicking it with his hands. He makes stuff, the like, lava the way he wants it, and, and now he can right, shoot, yeah. and that's great. And he has every right to do that. And you know, it's just a thing to know about him is that he started as his own art director and special effects guy. We'll he, all be very prepared now. For exactly, just give, Jim. Could you help me with this? Anyway, the mantiship. So, so that thing was cool. Every day, every day, walk past. Here's Henry. Crafting this meticulous. And now she's like, okay, picture. Yeah, this this meticulous, fantastic work of art, and every day it just got more and more beautiful, and more beautiful, and more beautiful. Every day we go, damn, Henry, that thing is fantastic. You are that's incredible. And you go, I know it's just making me crazy because it's so meticulous. Finally, there was the day he finished it. And it, would be, it was weeks. We yeah, you know, we saw him build this thing. Finally, there was the day he finished it, and we walked by, and he was like. It's done. And we're all like, damn, dude, that is fantastic. What a great relief that must be for you. And he goes, yeah, I can't believe I, you know, they're going to start shooting with it tonight. I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Next day, next day, walk by, there's Henry's station, and on Henry's table is this burned slab of molten plexiglass. And Henry's like, like, Dude, what the hell happened? What, the next, I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up for dramatic effect. One day work of art, next day melted, burned to a crisp. Twelve hours later, what happened? He gave it to the the, the miniature guys, the the motion control guys. They put it on the stand, and they shoot all these. All these things are shot in multiple passes. All you know, the neon light you expose differently than you do the fiber optic. Oh, you do the well, exterior, no then you do the, the whatever. Just referring, just referring to the the movie itself. We're yeah. halfway through, and now we're really getting into hey. Now we're getting into the NTIs, and we're coming up on a, on the key scene. So I want to finish this story up. Um, and one of the things in there was literally a tiny miniature plasma ball. You know, one of those little electrical spark balls a tiny tiny one and there's in there um the the guys had had were trying all the different lighting passes and they turned on the electric 
uh, plasma ball, and then they just kind of, you know, went away in the little house that they go to when they program the computer, and then looked out of the window of the house a little bit later and saw this, like, orange light, like, well, what's that orange interactive light going on in the studio? The plasma ball had, had overheated and melted the, and, and, and caught the model was on fire and so the model was burned to a crisp and melted and it was a useless piece of slag um, they, that's, that's they hosed it out it was heartbreaking and I don't know who was more heartbreaking for Henry or those poor camera guys who had to show up the next morning and go uh, so Henry um, we number just, two little problem with the model um, how long for a reset on that whole thing yeah exactly so, so and we had to spend another we proceeded to spend to another it. month walking by Henry as he made it again oh my well, god as he I built mean, it I a mean, second time was he a smoker <laughs> I don't recall he was. Henry <laughs> should have been a smoker. Well, the, you know, but but you got it with models. It's it's kind of like that. I mean, most models you build to be destroyed almost. Yeah, like, this one was not. Think, but when you don't, it's like, dude, it's kind of disconcerting you know, when it accidentally happens. On That's, Independence Day. Have you ever lost a hard house, drive, like, man? Mm. Oh God, this is worse. Yeah, I know. Anyway. We do Independence Day. But so that's, that's true. Day. We should. Um, we'll anyway. get Roland Emmerich to come on and do yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, I, I, I don't have to Roland's talk as much. Why? I won't have to yeah. talk nearly as so much. Well, not even Independence Day. Because Independence Day makes sense. It's like, all right, let's talk about Godzilla here. <laughs> oh, you know? now there's a movie. Uh, Woo! <laughs> so they had to build an entire... He had to build an entirely new one. He had to build it all over again. And in fact, as I recall, as I recall he, built, he built with some improvements. He was exactly. like, he he was like, like actually, I got... You know, he salvaged some parts that he could. He probably and, could do it faster the second time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I figured... I've, yeah. I've worked out these problems already. Yeah, blue hand, blue hand. Yeah. See, still blue hand. I would feel I'm, you're right. It's it, it's horrible for him, but it, it's horrible for the guys that have to. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Okay. To be the guy to break the news. I um. Yeah. We, not I. We, we just. Yeah. We just because he was there. Shit. We he just, was there we, together. Uh, we we just kind of we 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 you know we fucked the shit out of that thing. Yeah. We um <laughs> we um. How much? How much did that cost? We melt melted it. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. Exactly. Good he's news. like he's yeah. like I make. Three and a half grand a week. Exactly. Yeah. So, so good news, you're about to double your salary. Yeah, we just uh, on that uh, ship there. Bad news, you just taken five years off your life. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Michael Bean is still being crazy. Michael Bean's beaning out. He's cra- River's crazy. River's crazy. This is this is also another oh, spe- special he's, edition he's got moment. A good little vibrate going on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really performing the shakes here. He's got a sixty cycle hum going through him there. <laughs> This so, movie and and I'm sorry, man. It's not your fault. This movie and the Sphere movie are connected in my brain. There are there 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 are connections that you can make. Sure. I mean this this summer three underwater movies. Sphere came later, but three underwater movies came out this summer alone. And this was the third one. This thing this thing came out as I recall late in the summer in August. After which people had already sat through two crappy submarine movies already. Um, do we recall those? No one in their right mind does. They were uh, Deep Star 6, which was like the really, really cheap uh, Roger Cormany kind of level version. And the other one was Leviathan, starring uh, oh, I've seen Peter, Leviathan. Peter Weller. Oh, um, my God. Peter, that, was like, that was like The Abyss meets The Thing. We, it, we, we, we called it, it The Leviathan. That's what yeah. we yeah. coming up. Um, so, and so, you know, The Abyss was the classy one. Like Nick Frost. <laughs> it kind of does. He is kind of the Nick Frost guy. Oh, my God. Shh. Because someone will, re- will remake this movie and they will cast Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. Well, as long as si- because you said that. As long as Simon, right. Simon Pegg plays Ed Harris's role, I'm okay with it. That's so. true. He could. He would. He'd totally play it. I bet he would want to, and too. if you watch Space, Nick Frost isn't playing, isn't playing it. Well, he's hamming it up, but he's not playing like a I tell jokes kind of character. He just no. commits to a character and he's, does that. He's playing us, basically. Why are we trying to justify putting Nick Frost in, uh, in a remake of The Abyss? <laughs> Sorry. Because he looks like Nick Frost, so... 
Ryan Thorkman thought. James Cameron will appear and destroy us. <laughs> yes, he will. That, okay. that will happen, actually, by the way. Yeah, you, by the way, if you think about Jim Cameron too hard, he will appear, and I can prove it because it happened to me. I was, I was walking around uh, um, Showbiz Expo uh, a, few, a few years after I did this movie, and, um, and I was walking just up and down the aisle, just randomly, just scanning real quick to see you know, what was in the booths, and I saw this Edward Booth, I saw a fish tank, and it had a light in it, and the light was lit, and, and, and I was like looking at it, and I was like, oh, that's one of those Hydro, it's Hydro something is the name of the company that built these lights specifically for the Abyss, and then it became a product that they sold, you know, underwater movie lights, pretty cool. So they had their booth right there at, at Showbiz Expo, right. and I walked by, and I looked, and there's the light, and they, their demo was there's a movie light in a, in a fish tank on their table, and I just stopped, and I turned, and I looked. And I, I said, oh, oh, yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, those are the movies from The Abyss. And I immediately hear, Trey Stokes, Jim Cameron, standing like eight inches away. He's uh-huh. talking to the guy in the booth, you know, of course, as he naturally would be at some point or other. But literally, it was like, it was the most speak of the <laughs> devil experience I've ever had. Because I was like, oh, wow, those are the same, those are the lights from The Abyss, which I worked with Jim Cameron. Yeah, he's right there! <laughs> <laughs> how, long, how long after? It was a few years after that? It was maybe a couple of years after. The other strange experience I had with the... Oh my God, Jim! What are you doing here? Was at Universal Studios. I go. I had to go. I went to the other side of the country not long after the abyss, and I'm doing the I'm doing the uh, the Hanna Barbera ride at at Universal Studios, and uh, that was very not very long after the abyss. And Universal Studios wasn't even open yet. I mean, Hanna-Barbera was one of the first rides to, to open there, opening day. You know, Back to the Future was a year away. Terminator was several years away. <clears throat> and I'm working uh, in the place, and the door opens up, and in comes a whole bunch of people, including a bunch of VPs. You know, and you know it's a, somebody important when all the VPs are, are squirreling with them. And I look, and I, the first person I recognized was Van Ling, and Van Ling was Jim's assistant, who I knew. She totally almost, like, took one of those. She almost, she almost, she almost ate it. She almost ate it right there, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Van Ling, who I got to know on this movie, because he was Jim's assistant, and you want someone who put up with a lot of abuse, Van Ling has got the real stories. But um, been Van, Van's now an effects guy. But, um, but I saw Van first, and I was like, hey, it's Van Ling. And then I realized that one of the other guys was Jim Cameron. So I, I kind of sidled up, and I joined the group, and I, I, <laughs> I made eye contact with Van first. And he was like, oh. And he turned to Jim, and he was like, Jim, look at this. And Jim immediately, I, I have to say I was proud, blew off whatever VP he was talking to. And was like, what are you doing here? Hey, how's it going? I was, and there was a cute girl in the group, and he immediately, of course, had to start fronting for the cute girl. He was like, oh, you should see this guy in a wetsuit. Oh, hey, what are you doing here, you son of a bitch? <clears throat> and then, and then he had to because he's German. He had to do it. He said, "Well, clearly you've fallen quite away from the abyss. What are you doing here?" And I was like, "What are you doing here, Jim?" <laughs> and he was like, "Well, we're doing." It. They were they were having very preliminary discussions of what would eventually become the Terminator Two attraction. But uh, you know, it was years away. So, so that was it. I went I went to Florida, and I'm in a soundstage on Universal Studios lot. And who walks in my damn door but Jim Goddamn Cameron? You're on my set now, Jim. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, of course we're in the room with the Garfield on the window with the Garfield on the window so this was the scene where that happened I would, whether they do it or not in the movie I don't know maybe it's in the special edition I don't remember if it is or not but that was it was specifically in, this, in, the, in the script that there's a, a shot of Coffee and Garfield both grimacing out the window <laughs> so anyway who is it th- go ahead we're having the weird moment where he's like alright so there's aliens. <laughs> Let's prime the nuke. 
<laughs> we don't know about aliens. The aliens haven't been revealed. Well, the, there's the yeah, alien yeah. ships, the alien yeah. ships, the alien ships, which could be he thinks are Russians. And that's, that's true. He's obsessed with the yeah, idea that that's his Russian. thing. That's right. Yeah. And he's been holding this gun the yeah. whole time. Yeah, he's crazy. And then, of course, Ed Harris gets the good line here where it's like, uh, you know, he's, he's showing signs of high pressure psychosis and he's got a nuclear warhead so just cool it with the yeah. guy <laughs> maybe not so much with the pressure on the guy let's, just, let's knock it yeah, off he's got enough relax. pressure on him as it is apparently yeah. this is a very homoerotic scene here suddenly <laughs> this becomes very homoerotic the way these guys load the guns and the way they kind of almost orgasm over it is a little <laughs> scary to me well, just, he's having underwater psychosis. I'm, well, I'm okay that it's okay he's for him, but the, but the other guy when they when the other guy loads the gun, it's like they're coming together. It's a really it's quite something, quite frankly. But it's a little disconcerting, I have to say. I think I think uh, Hippie gets a good line about the sphincter factor. He gives it, <laughs> I give this I give this there, a sphincter. Yeah, I give this a sphincter factor of nine point five or five point nine, whatever he says. <laughs> We're about to see. Yeah, we'll find out in a second. 9.5 there 9.5 a sphincter factor that's a, that's a great it's a great line so oh uh, you know what here it is here's oh, the shot <laughs> here's the shot this is this God is only the special you, edition special edition <laughs> there you go there we go Garfield and Garfield and Michael Bean Garfield and Michael Bean doing a two and shot this is probably James Cameron behind the camera being like I will get this I totally I wrote this in the script I'm yeah. pretty, now again look at this this is all practical the part of the set some of the sets are just sets above water, but one module of deep core is actually a set that's in deep core in the tank, and they get shots like this. Yeah, pull back, you know, pan down. Pan down. Oh, jeez. You know, it's like this, and it's real, ladies and hey, gentlemen. It keeps going. It's freaking real. Everything you just saw was real in the camera. So, you know, who does that? Well, there's a reason people don't do that. Yeah. I, I like the way she's dressed like Marty McFly in this particular scene. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Because the life preserver will be good when you go out in to wear the, the life. She has a reason to wear the life preserver. Your jacket is now dry. Six weeks from now, she'll bob to the surface <laughs> and explode. It's very important for me to do this. Your jacket is now dry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Your jacket is now dry. I do love it. I can it do that you. all day. I love I, it. When I will. What do you want? I can. Yay, Macintosh. Be quiet. I'm sure. <laughs> fuck. I'm sure. Oh, other things. wow. Oh, you're not so damn special, are you? Oh, no. <laughs> Stealing my fucking thunder. No, Ryan goes and that, brings it. I live Coming and sitting here for two and a half hours is all worth it. I now. can't yeah. believe I lived to see that happen just now. <laughs> that was really quite something. I hope, that, I hope it played as well on radio as it did. <laughs> exactly. Here in real life. Because sitting They probably here, assumed it was him and got confused. I just beat yeah. myself a little bit. Now, um, hey, they butt. got Coke at least. Butt. They're doing all right. They got Coke. Is that new Coke? Is that what that's? <laughs> I hope not. Oh dear. Well, I guess it could have been. Dated at that era. It just says enjoy. It says enjoy, enjoy Coke. Enjoy Coke. Enjoy that's Coke. It. Because ironically, was there a new Coke? It was. It, they changed it to classic Coke. No, no, no. To, what, to what new, new, was, new Coke was first. They and took they, regular Coke off the shelves. They put out new Coke. Yeah. Everyone said it tasted like shit. So yeah. they put back original Coke and called it classic, classic Coke. Coke. So, why, yeah. so that's why it's now classic Coke. So there was new Coke. For oh, yeah. Coke oh, it, was for a, it was one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes any company yeah. ever made in their history. Man, what they put in it to make it universally now there's, now there's awful. The, yeah, now there's the uh, internet conspiracy theory that says that they only put out new Coke so that people would miss classic Coke. So when they reintroduced it, they would yeah. be able to get get the the uh, there's improved market there's share. A, again. There's a book sure. which is I'm sure out of print, but came out at the time. It's called The Other Guy Blinked, and it's written by the chairman of Pepsi. Uh-huh. Who talks about Pepsi's perspective on that whole thing? Nice. Wow. And he and he says specifically he goes. 
they, there's nobody in the planet who's dumb enough to have actually deliberately done that as a marketing <laughs> strategy. And he talks about how all the behind-the-scenes stuff about what went on during that era and how... Are we getting into the... Here, here comes the pseudopod. But anyway, it's, it's fascinating to hear the rumors that Pepsi, like, I think Coke is changing their formula. And everyone goes, there is no goddamn way Coke is changing their formula. Uh-huh. You yeah. know? And their, their insiders were going, no, seriously, Coke is changing their formula. And they refused to believe it at Pepsi. It couldn't possibly <laughs> happen. So we're into the pseudopod, or the water weenie, as it's called. <laughs> which is really, you know, and you can shave hairs as to, you know, definition, but one of the very first appearances of a... All CG. Effect. I would say this is the first appearance of like computer graphics. Whoa. Right? Well, you can you can you can you can talk about the night, the stained glass night from Young Sherlock Holmes. Was that? But before this? Yeah, but they're all right around the same time. Sure. Well, we just did, and we did, you know, Mike the Talking Head in uh, in uh, RoboCop Two, which was a couple years after this. But um, but here's the thing that's that's that this did it's, is this this sequence, even though the Abyss wasn't a big hit in the broader world. Oh, this was huge. This was, this was a sequence that made Hollywood go, well, that's kind of cool. How'd they do that? Wait a damn minute here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's with this thing called computer graphics. Oh, you mean that stuff that sucks and costs too much? Yeah, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, um, you want some of this shit? Yeah. And, and be, because, and because, now, now they can't get enough. Because exactly. it's, because it's true. At the time, Hollywood, and rightly so, didn't want anything to do with computer graphics because computer graphics was a guaranteed way to make your, to destroy your movie. Um, it was guaranteed that the guys would never ever deliver a shot and when they did it would suck and cost 10 times more than they told you it would so so notice knowing that that's what it is what what the world was like in those days notice what's going on with this sequence which is you know it's you have to kind of look under the hood but it's like this sequence is all sexy and of course people went wow that's really cool and it's always looking it can make faces and it can be silvery and reflective um this entire sequence also could have been cut out of the movie and not affected a single thing so Mm. so Mm. if if this if the water weenie had you know fumbled and looked like shit or couldn't be finished or or cost you ended up costing too much Cameron could have just cut the sequence and his movie wouldn't have suffered. Yeah. But he um, used it as R&D for, for the T-1000. Well, it's, it basically is R&D for the T-1000. It was, doing, ah. it was doing this that basically said, okay, next time I'm going to push the envelope where the movie depends on the computer graphics. Right. I, didn't, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty true. But this is, this, is, you know, this, is, this is Jim pushing the envelope, but not stupidly, by yeah. going, okay, I'm not going to bet the farm on whether or not this effect comes off. I'm gonna, well, well, the other the reactions to it. They yeah. really sell it with their reactions. Oh, yeah. Say. But the other thing, too, about this is, like, you know, you'd never cut it out because it's like, dude, do you, do you see the abyss just for, you well, know, people the, go in and see it just well, for Exactly. It well, because it yeah. was when it, the fact that it worked, and that's why it became what it became. But, you know, if it wouldn't have been and like... this is laser scanning. This yeah, is this actually is laser scans of morphing and with laser the actors and laser scanning, yeah. And stuff. Targets and all that stuff. That would be a big deal today, kind of, yeah. you know, the fact that they're doing this. Now, I worked for, at the time, I worked for a company called DeGraph Warman, where I was, we were doing the first motion capture, facial animation stuff. We did, we did Robocop 2 right around this same time. Um, War, DeGraph Warman were the second runners up, or the first runners up, I guess is the phrase, to do this effect. Um, so I almost got to work at the company that did this effect, and I, I'd probably be a you know head of somebody's computer graphic company now if I guess ended up on that career path. But but DeGraff Foreman didn't get the job. They could have done the job, but they lost out because ILM could. Here's the punchline: ILM got the job because they could also do the wave as a package deal. Uh-huh. So so basically, uh-huh. they were, ILM was going to do the wave, and they would kind of do the water tentacle as part of that you know part of the overall package. And then of course the irony is the wave gets cut out of the movie, and you know doesn't show up for. Five Five years into the special edition. Now, of course, what we're about to see, it's gonna uh, the the Michael Bean 
being crazy yeah. is about to slam Is it crazy, though? Is it so crazy to want to kill it? It's water madness. It's, it's really, like yeah, space it's, madness. He's got, he's, got, he's got water dementia. Yeah. It is, it is a weird thing when the thing kind of roars back and, and you know, kind of roars at him. It's a very kind of, uh, you know, why does yeah. it act like a dragon all of a sudden? But okay, but he, you know, it's a movie. But he, it he saw a dragon before. He hits yeah. a button and cuts it off, and then it falls, as we're about to see. And, it's, and which is a great is, bit, yeah. This is the, um, uh, what's worth noting is this is the basically the first example of digital compositing in a movie, and it was done frame by frame, what we're about to see, with the very first version of Photoshop. There you go. Um, blending between this digital thing and they basically just dropped water from the ceiling to make this work. Yeah. Um, once the pseudopod gets cut off from its source, like it just turns back into water. Mm-hmm. As we're right here. There you go. Wah. And then, boosh. That was done Kablow. in Photoshop. There you go. Photoshop, like beta. <laughs> Before one. <laughs> was it when it was called display? Probably yeah, something like probably that. Probably so. Spoosh. That was a nice effect there where they didn't have to do it interactively. They yeah, right, yeah. let it happen just right out of frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, Smart, Cameron, you know? Cameron knows how to make, you know, movies out of nothing. And so he's like, okay, I'll, I'll give the computer graphics every chance to work. And, and I'll, be, I'll be ready if they don't. But now, now at, the, at SIGGRAPH, the year, I guess it was that year. It probably was, might have been that year. I guess it would have to be if the timing was right. I was already working at... Um, <laughs> that's a good well, that line. shot's back. Raise yeah. your hand if you think that's a Russian one. Russian one, yeah, great. That's good. Yeah, as if, <laughs> as, if she, as if she should tweak him all the more. But I went to, I went to SIGGRAPH because we were debuting Mike the Talking Head. And, and we are doing, you know, look, we can do computer graphics that act in real time. And everyone kind of went, that's kind of cute. Um, no one got it right away. But one of, the, one of the great things about that that I'll always remember is that year at SIGGRAPH, they had a panel that was called, Can We Ever Get computer graphics into the movie industry <laughs> and and on the and on the panel was mike fink who's the effects guy that i'd worked with uh, effects supervisor that i've worked with many times and um um uh, michael bacchus and uh i believe um the woman who directed real genius the, who i can't think of her name jennifer god it's terrible that i can't remember her name she's, she's still around director um and somebody else uh, also uh, i was a producer of uh, star trek movies as i recall um, Ralph Winter, or someone like that, and 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 an audience full of. Oh, at, and he's going and cutting himself, yeah. getting all emo right now. He's going very emo, and an audience full of what was then pretty much almost the entire computer graphic industry, and Martha Coolidge. Martha Coolidge, thank you, and uh, and they're the panel, and they're the Hollywood people. They're the people who represent. We make films in Hollywood, and then the audience was was people who are computer graphics people who say we don't understand why why Hollywood doesn't embrace the fa- fabulousness of computer graphics. And it was a very educational thing because I was a movie guy who had been in computer graphics for about 18 seconds at that point. So in spirit, I was very much allied with the people on the stage and not the people I was sitting with in the audience. And the nature of the questions that these computer graphics people were asking the movie people proved to me that computer graphics could never get into the movie industry because these people clearly had no clue about movie making or what movie making needed or what their requirements were. Um, one of the classic comedy moments was some guy stood up and in what was obviously a, a cleverly rehearsed fake uh, you know, backdoor pitch, he said, uh, tell me, would any studio be uh, interested in a system which would cost them uh, pennies on the dollar and yet allow them to save hundreds of perhaps millions of dollars on their production budgets uh, simply by uh, some application of computer graphics that he was clearly trying to sell to somebody. 
Um, but anyway, he said, would any studio be interested in funding the research that would make it then possible? That was the question. Would any studio be interested in funding the research that would make it, the make it possible for blah, blah, blah? And the entire panel leaned forward into their microphones at once and said, no. And, and then and Mike Fink, I remember this you know, it was 20 years ago. Mike Fink said, you're talking about an industry that's never funded research into anything. You know, Hollywood didn't invent the movie camera. Hollywood didn't invent the sound system. Hollywood didn't invent computer graphics or visual effects or blue screen technology. Someone on the outside made it and then made it cost-effective enough to put into a movie under Hollywood's requirements. Um, and that's what's going to have to happen with computer graphics. Hollywood is never going to go, we should put some money into that computer graphics stuff because that could be awesome. Hollywood never does that, ever. This is insane, by the way. Like, truly insane yeah. because this warhead is armed. It's got to like, be, If uh, he drops it, kablam. And probably, well, again, warheads don't go off when you drop them. They're good. They're, no, but maybe in a movie, movies they do. in a movie they do, I suppose. But, yeah, or bang on them with a stick on Lost. But, uh, but, yeah. but that one was an exposed core, so I'm okay with that. Anyway, the, 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 one of the reasons I remember it, it must have been the summer of 88 um, or 89 was uh, – or maybe it was 88. Uh, Michael Backus was affiliated with The Abyss. I don't know what he did specifically on it. But he goes, you know, next year there's a movie coming out called The Abyss that, that might, might get some attention because we're trying something with computer graphics in that one. Um, and, of course, he was right. He was very, you know, very much right about it. But – but, you know, 20 years ago when this movie was being made, Hollywood not only did not use computer graphics, Hollywood was never going to use computer graphics. Because computer graphics, only a fool would use it. Because why? Because two movies had been made. The last Starfighter, which tanked and sucked, and Tron, which tanked and sucked. And so no, no movie executive, you know, movie, you know, computer people who are around, computer people around will say, yes, Tron set us back 10 years, and then last Starfighter <laughs> destroyed us forever. You know, as right. far as Hollywood was concerned. I, I, I don't have to have been worried for it retroactively. I just got to come into it and think Tron was badass. So yeah, but I can the, totally imagine if people yes. would see Tron and be like, so that's what computers can do. Exactly. Okay, and, no, thank you. you know, and, and, then, and then, Well, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what computers can do. It's like, that's all computers can do, and yet they, they go five years over schedule and ten times over budget, and they don't become hits, then we don't need that. Yeah, you know? right. So it's, a, it's like, let's bear in mind, The Wizard of Oz was not a hit when it came out. You know, <laughs> it's like Tron, no one of my age thinks well of Tron, because Tron was that awful, awful movie that all Almost made really, yeah, made computer graphics impossible to ever enter the movie industry. This is a good moment. This is the moment we thought was happening in Attack of the Clones, where mm-hmm. our DVD froze, but they were just yes. sitting there staring. Yeah. At each other <laughs> and we thought it was a great was dramatic really scene. We thought it was like, man, George, you kind of wow. Nice, yeah, man. I forgot. Nice, about finally this. letting a moment play out. Way to be subtle, man. Yeah, there you go. it was brilliant. Oh, oh, oh shit, play. <laughs> anyway. So we had some we had some CG and that's the only CG you're going to see in this movie. We're back to practical puppets and practical sets and maybe some optical work if you if we if you must. But the CG's over with. Except for this being the special edition, of course, in the wave which was done years later, then you're going to see some CG again. Ah. But that's that's actually a a filmmaker Making the movie he he wanted to make with a good reason. And don't we, yeah, don't we hate it when they do that? Now, of course, there, there was the the wave the wave sequence was cut from the movie early enough where they never finished the effects. They never actually finished it. So, but they had done a lot of stuff. There's no like extra scenes for the wave. They actually had shot all the footage and they'd done some preliminary effects work and they just finished it for this movie. So, so it's not like they went out. It's not like not like Aliens where they actually Aliens the special edition where they actually shot stuff that they just never had shot before for that stuff. But so when was the special edition uh, made? I think it was about five years later. 
So after the release under, of the movie, um, obviously, well, under, long, special edition was another concept that you know because home video was barely an idea that anyone was aware of. Yeah, special edition came out like five years later. Okay. I think, something like that. Obviously, under Cameron's direction. Oh yeah, and absolutely. He was he yeah. came in and finished the movie. Yeah, I mean, it was like, finally, the technology was available, and there was enough sort of retrospective, like, The Abyss was, it was kind of a good movie, you know, there was, and this whole concept of this home video and special edition and, and you know, Criterion kind Collection and so on. Yeah, he shawshanked it up a little bit. And uh, So wait, the, the wave itself was never actually completed the first time around because they, they made those changes early enough that they were like, we're not going to be able to have that much. What are we going to lose? Any, any and they, they cut the scenes while they were still in previs or, awesome. or you know everything else. Well, so so know, ILM you know ILM did whatever. some did some finish work on the waves and so like I said in this edition you're going to see computer graphics but that's because we're going to jump five years in 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 time into the future. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly five or more. So so was Abyss a, a big hit when it came out? No, it was a, it tanked so okay. to speak. Right. It tanked. Um, I remember the uh, because the other thing I was just thinking of is is five years later when you want hey can I get more money to do more CG for a special yeah. edition home video? No. And they're like, it's you said it, CG. It's that, unusual. That yeah, just happened with dinosaurs well, in Jurassic Park. Exactly. Yes. By now your money. Five years later, we had Terminator. We had right. Jurassic Park. Okay, we had good, you know, good. and they were like, oh CG, yeah, CG's awesome. We like it. So yeah. more on the merits of the other stuff, not so much the abyss yeah. itself. Then at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, it's it's kind of curious that he was able to put together a special edition at all. Um, right. Because yeah, again, home video not being that big of a market, and the abyss not being that big of a hit. But uh, you know, it might have. I don't know. It might have been from from the fact that he was now the guy who just made Terminator. So suck it. Motherfuckers, I'm back on top. I'll, I'll make my own shopping list of what I want to do, and I want to do a special, mm-hmm. special just in the abyss, and finally finish it, you fox bastards. I mean, maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a cute moment when John Lloyd there refers to the NTIs as, you know, he, he just woke up, of course. He's missed most of the movie. The last, <laughs> and the last thing he saw was an NTI, and so he calls it, the, he calls it an angel. He says, oh, that angel coming at me. <laughs> Thought I was dead. Ed Harris's reaction is kind of great. He kind of goes, "I don't even have time to deal with that shit right now." He kind of goes, "Okay," and he's like, "I don't have time to deal with that." We got a guy with a nuclear warhead. It's a big story. It's a long story. I'll catch you up later. Yeah, but we'll talk about the angels when I get back. We'll talk about the angels and the water tentacles. Yeah, whatever. You missed it. Was a thing. And by the way, oh, never mind. Listen, if we survive this, I got we got a lot to talk about. There is too much. There is too much. Let me sum up. If we don't, they were angels. Then then they're fine. As far as you know, they were angels. Now here we go. We're coming to the free swim. Okay. Um, okay, when I was, when I... Uh, God, she is so cute. She's pretty. She is Mary, pretty. Mary Elizabeth is good. And she's going to go, go topless in a little while. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. in a sense. <laughs> in a sense. Wow. But, yeah, I've never seen boy. a boy. Like <laughs> and here I was just about to go, you know, douchebags get all up in that, in that scene, which is actually a very dramatic, tender scene. <laughs> and I guess we, we found that. We found one in the room. But, um, yeah, it's very... It's, okay, when I... When here we, we go. had the laser disc to this... You actually held of your breath. We, were young, and we tried to hold our breath, but, okay. but, no, but okay, so the punchline is about halfway through the scene was the disc change. Oh, well, that's it's, so. It's, but of course, which we're is the worst like, possible place? We're holding our breath, trying yeah. to hold it through the disc change. But again, you know, get it out there. feel free. And if you're closely in sync with us, we're watching Ed Harris and uh, the other actor named Catfish is the character. I'm sorry, actor. Um, do this free swim across the real set, across the real water in the real tank. They're about 60, 80 feet down, and they're really freaking doing it. Um, they're holding their breath and they're swimming. And you know that was the shot. And then of course we're cutting and you know movie magic. And like right. Right around the corner is a guy with a tank, right? Right, I was going to say, Except, the cutting the frame before this scuba guy runs in. Exactly, but, but the problem was that, uh, you know, you're leaving out the part where they, of course, had to roll camera and do all that stuff and get ready, and the fact that there was a problem on one of the takes, and the guy with the rig 
you know, didn't get there. There was a problem, and uh, it, which happens sometimes, and happened to Ed Harris in an even worse way um, later during his suit dive scene. Wait, um, but, but but for this one, there was a moment where Ed Harris was like, "I'm done. I need air," and the air wasn't there. The air, the, air, the like, air guy oh, was. The, I'm going to die. The air guy was hung up. Yeah, it God, that's horrible. Yeah, it happened that's on this terrifying. scene, and this is the worst place because you're you know you talk about being under someone's raft. They were under a set, eighty feet underwater. You know? under There's a building over that's their head. The he, he, yeah. he tweaked his nose there, and you saw the blue hand still. Yeah. Still got a blue hand, even in the water. So, whatever. Now, what was the other thing that happened? Uh, well, it's in the during the deep suits I have seen. So we'll wait until that we get to that. But um, anyway, so it's it's you know pretty ballsy, spectacular stuff for an actor to do. Ed and, Harris seems like a badass. He is a badass, and like I said, this stuff is nothing compared to the deep suit dive and what he had to do to make that work. You know, yeah. I'm sure he would have rather breathe liquid instead of what he actually did have yeah. to do. Although, although you know, at, at, at the very least, you know he's the the in, story wise they're at the bottom of the ocean, so it's like freezing fucking cold water. And whereas in in the actual tank, it was a heated. It tank, was heated, so yeah. it was it was warm water. So that at least. Although he's made up to look nice and chilly. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And water makeup is always fun for makeup people to do. And he's sitting there being insane. Going, should I blow up the world or not? I can't decide. I'm going to have to cut myself some more. Yeah, I just, I wish, I want to blow up the world so I don't have to cut myself. I have that same question that Brad Pitt has in Seven, where it's like, do you ever take a second out of being crazy and just sit back and think, man, I'm crazy? (laughs) (laughs) So they're about to have a fight scene in a half-floated set, you know, it's like, skip the rest of the movie, just doing that I would find extremely difficult as a movie maker. You know if they laid out first unit basically in order? For the movie, like, was this towards the end of that particular shoot? I, I don't know. The, the, I wouldn't the, know. Because it seems like if you want to get Ed Harris to do your movie, you don't start him off with the stuff that he can die doing. <laughs> you, you, you backload all. There the is that. Yeah, logic exactly. To it, yeah. You get to the point where it's like, Ed, you've already shot the movie, man. Yeah. I mean, don't you want to get the money for the movie? When Somebody just talk about like that. Two shots, man. Somebody just talk about that. They say early on, it's like early on, they're not going to let me die. But toward the end of the movie, I start to watch. Right, my exactly. Back. They can't kill him at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but they, wow, they could do the rest of me with a double from this point on. So I, I need to. That's probably, why the Dark Knight works so well. I mean, it's start great. Lightening up on the on the safety a bit now if I don't watch him. I like being in a room with no one that gets offended because at home people are getting offended left and right. <laughs> Fuck you! Can he offend Heath Ledger joke? Oh, you may all just. Yeah, sorry, yeah, we killed him. Yeah, that was us, so we can't speak of it. That water looks so cool. Just like barely over the lip, like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, just like. And the fact that they can, you know, they can make it tilted, you know, they can, they can have a tilted level. Oh, Way to that go. didn't go well. So, so this is, I mean, as far as choreography goes, you know, they're, they're going to have this fight in a flooded set with these dangling things. Oh, yeah. You know, that's and a, oh, that's a pipe. And they're smacking each other with pipes. And, you know, this is this is Inhale this is hard coughs, to pants. do. Subtitles make everything really kind of sexual looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're about to they're going to have their. Oh, no. oh, not again. God damn it. Keep, keep watching, people. We're about to... Keep there watching. we go. Okay. okay. We should be right at the same about time. We're about to have uh, the underwater, the sub-chase, and, and only someone as balls-out crazy as Cameron would do, you know, trying to not only a submarine movie, but a submarine chase movie with a chase scene in it, but that's coming up. But... And, and it's a testament to filmmaking that I, I saw the chase scene 
in a raw cut, in a rough cut at DreamQuest because DreamQuest was doing a lot of the little dry for wet miniatures that would finish it out. And, and the, the chase scene before it was fully edited in a rough cut without music and without all the sound effects was not impressive at all. I mean, you kind of looked at it like, what the hell is going on? You know, but that's, that's what a rough cut is about. So. And I also, by the way, have a problem with the music because, uh, you know, Alan Silvestri did the music, which we're not listening to right now, but uh, the, the track for that uh, uh, particular chase scene. It's, it, it is literally, not just, not just similar, it is literally a track that he just took out of his score for Back to the Future 2 <laughs> and used in this, and then you hear him use it again in The Mummy Returns. Like, it's such a familiar uh, track that I'm like, seriously? You just <laughs> flat out reused it. Like, you're not even going to try and couch it in something similar. Uh, like nobody will know. Boom! Like, you're just going to reuse it straight up. Pow. Nice. Weird slow-mo punch man. Nice little moment there. Dude. Your punch tore my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Punched his shirt right off. <laughs> not, since, not since Sandman uh, knocking off uh, significant parts of the Spider-Man costume. Have you seen something like that? I can't see how this could not work in a rough cut. Yeah, exactly. Well, not the, the actual chase coming up, which is like from full size to miniature to dry for wet to shot stuff that hadn't been shot yet to, you know, optical, blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, this is, I mean, you know, that's, that's Michael Bean piloting a submersible on, on his mark, on cue. How many times, how many takes did that take? We don't know. We don't want to know. Look at that. Real, that's real. Real deal. Bubbles. Fuck it. Bubbles. Submersible. Leaving a set. Go figure. Ed Harris is about to do a whole scene underwater in Scooby Gear. <laughs> Which he hasn't, I don't think, have we, I don't, has Ed Harris, Ed Harris hasn't put on a drive suit yet in the movie, as I nope, recall. This is the first time, I think. So. <laughs> Busted. Uh, Mythbusters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And rightly I so. How, do you know how they did the effect of the bullets going through the water then? Oh, wait, confirmed. Maybe. No, it was, I mean, it, on they do go down about point. 10 feet, but yeah, if you get they do. beyond 10 feet, they really kind of... <laughs> yeah, if you shoot BBs or whatever. Well, the Mythbusters determined that the higher the higher power of the gun, the less effect right, it has. Right, it hits it so fast that it just Because the, the water itself disintegrates the bullet if it's going too high speed. So. I seem to of recall- course, they also decided that a ninja couldn't catch an arrow, which was totally bullshit, yeah. and they busted it. Because they had a guy on. They who, did it the wrong way. Who, well, yeah. they had a guy on who literally caught an arrow, and yet somehow they still called it busted. So, uh, uh, my roommates have yeah. still not forgiven the Mythbusters. I think they that. revisited like, how that. Dare they? I think how dare they say busted when it was clearly confirmed? I think they revisited that later, but. Um but yeah, the missing ingredient was you know the human actually sort of tracking the path of the arrow right. and knowing that it's going to get released. Well, at no, him. I mean they did it with a mechanical hand, but then no. they brought in a human to do it, right? To to revisit it, but the human caught an yeah, arrow, exactly. And yet somehow it's they still busted. said, "Yeah, it's busted." It was like so. a slow arrow, or what? No, it was just straight. But he only caught it once, oh. so they were like, "Oh, we shot like 15, and he only caught." He only one caught it once. Busted. I'm like, so no, it can't it's be done. At least plausible according to your <laughs> rules here. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's a fun little setup here. I was. Like, this nice little detail is like you know, prominently featured outside the sub is a crescent wrench, and then of course about ten minutes from now, <laughs> Harris is going to go. If I if I just had a goddamn crescent wrench, uh-huh. which is like you, you could have put it in your pocket right then, and the whole end of the movie would have been different. But <laughs> you know, it's a nice little moment. He didn't. He doesn't know yet that he's going to really want that crescent wrench. So yeah, I, I, I like when they set up things like that. Yeah, <laughs> like the two matches in the matchbox. Exactly. In, uh, fifth element. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
This is or the shot of the cook in Hunt for Red October. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Let's do kids. That was a little too today. significant for my money, but okay. But um, again, this is largely a lot of practical stuff going on. You know, giant full-scale submersibles acting in water. Amazing. If only it was a spider. <laughs> a giant spider. Okay. Oh, look at that. There's our CG. There's our CG claw one more time. Or, or whoa. Stop, or motion. stop motion. Pardon me. Every single shot. Different version, different version, different kind, different approach, yeah. different method. Dry for wet, well, wet for dry, well, miniature, so full Cameron scale. Cameron is pretty well known for that, even even from recent. Like, he did the same thing in True Lies with the Harrier jet. Like, yeah. every every shot is a different technique, so you never really get a grasp of how it's happening, and you just kind of give up and watch the movie exactly. instead. And, and, of course, uh, Aliens is, you know, the power loader are puppets, and then they're full scale, and then they're back to puppets again. It's an interesting strategy. Well, if you, if you know what you're doing, then, so what's then, going then, on? You, then, then you then you apply like, okay, this shot we can get with a puppet and it's okay, and this shot mm-hmm. we're going to have to do with stop motion, and this shot we're going to have to do. So there's an optical that kind of gives itself away, but those are those are real miniatures clanging into each other. What's the uh, Ed Harris suit story? Uh, well, he hasn't he hasn't put the suit on, but uh, I mean, he's got a suit on, but this is not the deep. He hasn't dive. Done, I, yeah, once again, I I haven't actually seen any of this. Yeah, he, well, the the actual he puts on the deep dive suit in both versions of the movie, but uh, no, no, but like you say, you've never seen this movie at all. You're realizing? No, no, I've seen I've seen I believe I've seen most of it. I've seen okay. stuff that happens after this. I just don't recall this scene. Well, this is all standard. This is this okay, is in both versions. Like, they didn't they didn't cut all the action out of the version of the movie they released. Oh, this is another just a really well put together action scene. Just the way it builds and the you know just oh, one is, one problem this, followed by another followed by another. It's nice. Amazing. It's nicely it's paced. Here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the grab. Yeah. How many takes did this take and how long did this take to set up? Who knows? Somebody knows, yeah. but I don't want to ask them because they'll probably <laughs> just swing and hit you. But yeah, look at this. Look at this move with the the claw grabbing the rope and it's actually freaking happening. Yeah, how many takes did it take? I wonder. It snap, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not easy to do. Now here's here's uh, projection. I know these are the dry dry for wet with projections in them. The the actual impact moment. Those are real ones, real real miniatures. Yeah, it just it just keeps going back and forth. Now, of course, and, and making them look similar is hard. You know, is is hard to do. There's a couple of shots. Because they didn't bother to do stuff like wire removal, even in the special edition. There's a couple shots in this scene where you can you can even see the support wires when they're doing dry for wet, um, if you look close. But you know, no movie is perfect. I think it's this shot here. In fact, the big cruise scene. If you, if you look really close, you can see the the wires that sometimes hold up the hold up the shubs. And that's that's as I recall, that's also the shot where you're like, hey, wait, I've heard this mu- this music. <laughs> yeah, it's the very it, to me it always sounds like Star Trek fight music. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Uh, Quite ambitious. Yeah. Really. It's right. If you, if you it's not easy. It from that perspective, it's, it's like, not easy to do. What? <laughs> not easy to do. Only a madman would do would do this a movie like this. Well, it's totally the kind of thing where you write it, and it's like, well, that's what would happen right now. And then you get to yeah. shooting it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. you go, what, what have I? I think we've. I think most or all of us have had that experience where we go, yeah, yeah it was so much easier to write this, now, but now I'm the poor bum, poor bum who has to do it. And yeah. who wrote this shit? Oh, yeah. I did. That's it's right. It's like exterior desert dawn. It's like that's easy to yeah. write, but when you got to be that in means, the desert at fucking dawn, that means getting up at f- yeah. three a.m. Wait a minute, that's no good. Why didn't I make it sunset? 
Sunset's so much easier. As I recall from the making of that I just watched to brush up on my abyss info before we did this, um, when they wrapped first unit, Cameron and a small skeleton crew stayed around in the tank a couple more days to get some of these last... Let's get the subs and let's let's just like shove them around in the water and get more of this chase scene as well we can while we still have this tank available to us. And I remember um, talking to some, uh, one of the guys who's on the crew that they had RC, these these are RC. A lot of times they're RC subs, and the problem was the tank was very big and the and the visibility wouldn't be the, that great all the time. RC meaning radio control. Oh, thank you. Yes, for okay, just a, if. Are there kids today who don't play with RC anymore? Is it all just well, Call of Duty RC Four? And they don't know what it means. Is I it think. all Call I mean, of Duty Four now? Use your hands. It's like a baby's toy. The they they had these radio control um, subs, but of course, radio control underwater is kind of tricky. And so, so the the guy was telling me literally that sometimes the sub would just go off into the gloom and disappear <laughs> and then they wouldn't know if it was responding anymore and they would try and shut it down and it would lose a signal it would just lose the signal and then once it lost the signal there was no telling what it would do so so he <laughs> said sometimes you, it was like it was like jaws he said it was just like being living jaws because you'd see the thing go off in the in the distance and then you just knew it could come right back at me at a thousand miles an hour, you know. It could, so you just have to look like where it's somewhere out there, and it's it could be moving around. This is, this it could be coming back to us. We don't know. They can jerry rig up something right so that it went out of went, once it went out. They of finally they rigged up failsafe where if it lost signal, it would you know go. Stop. It would hit its rudder and go into a slow idle. So basically, it would just turn in circles and oh. then go get. Well, it. I, I, I was going to say go. once it does that, it just oh shit! Look at this. What's mm. going on here? Well, he's dropping too too low for the pressure. Yeah, and he's he's falling into the abyss. Yeah, this shot, Bam. boom, he imploded. Whoa, that was cool. He imploded. Yeah, that's a shot I've never seen before. That's amazing. <laughs> well, then you just haven't watched the movie really closely. <laughs> I guess I haven't. Yeah, that's amazing. How the how the fuck? That was that was shot in a swimming pool, as I recall. The implosion was a model. And this is this is a now this super intense. This scene, scene right? is great, and this is, and this I'm, is great directing. When I when I was when I was first starting to work, and of course you know. They were shooting this whole movie while we were building our creatures and going through all the stuff with the creatures. Um, this, I said at one point, I said, Steve, can I read the script? And normally no one apparently asked ever to read the script because no one particularly cared. But I was like, you know, I, I want to know what's this movie like. And he gave me the script. He said, OK. Um, and I got to this. And I was like, oh, OK, awesome. And then and I got to this scene and just reading the script on the page. I was like, oh, man, this is nuts. This is an awesome scene. And I was telling people afterwards, like, there's a scene in the abyss. Wait till you see it. There's a scene where these two people are in a submersible. And it's going to be awesome. If they, if, they, if they do any justice to it based on what it was like on the page, then uh, it's going to be awesome. And I think they really got it. And then the other thing, of course, that I would say about reading the script is like, and then I was, I, as I was reading it, I'm reading and reading and reading going, this is great, this is great, this is great. Oh, it's fantastic, it's fantastic, it's fantastic. And then like the last four pages, suddenly it gets even more fantastic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. And it was like suddenly, and I, suddenly at the end, you realize how this story involves the entire world. And it's this big, big story that you never realize how big it was. And of course, that got cut. <laughs> that was what was cut out. The part at the end where I thought, this is awesome. This is what puts this movie over the top and makes it excellent. Um, that part got cut out of the theatrical release. So then I had to tell people, well, I made creatures for this movie. You, should, you can go see it if you want. <laughs> There, there was the reference to the, the Crescent Ranch. Ranch. It was a goddamn yeah. Crescent Ranch. So anyway, this is just a great... 
I really like the, just in terms of filmmaking, I like there's a moment, and you really have to watch the scene, and please do. Um, you really have to, there's a moment when it sort of transitions from, this is bad, to, holy fuck, this is really bad. I mean, they, and they sort of, they like, wait, we don't actually have a way to get out of this. Yeah, you know, we they, don't get out of this both. You know, yeah, this is, this is not good. What, and, and, you know, this, this, this sort of rising, increasing, Wait, this could really end quite badly. What's happening, and it could end. It could happen really soon, and uh, we don't have any idea what to do about this. Well, yeah, it happened, and and the continuity is pretty decent with the rising water level. Yeah, like, not, not easy. Kind of fast, but but it doesn't really go back down at any no. point. You know, and I will and I will proudly and without any any uh, um, shame say that I I stole something of the vibe of this scene and I put it in a project that I'm currently working on. Um, and I say, I say that with no shame whatsoever. Um, I took kind of the idea and the setup of this, um, except instead of underwater, it's in space. And I, I, I just wrote a scene with two people in a airlock that is venting air and one spacesuit, and basically wrote a, a different scene that's different than this one, but uses the same setup because this is a pretty genius setup. So I totally, I totally stole it. I admit that I stole it for a show that I'm doing right now. And Cameron can come punch me if he and, wants. And this is this is actually really great because. They they logic this out. They're sitting there and yeah. they're like, all right, here's how it works. Yeah. You're you're stronger than me. You're faster than me. Yeah. You can get me over there and blah 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 blah. And then about thirty seconds from now, she's like, wait, I changed my yeah. mind. Yeah, wait, yeah. she's like, logic thing didn't work. Hold yeah. on. It's one of those moments where you wonder if, like, if, if you were ever really in this kind of a situation, you know, would you just be like, don't you fucking leave me, you motherfucker? Yeah. I mean, would you be have the presence of mind to actually say, OK, here's the plan? Yeah. Um, even if it's totally a lie, even if, you know, it's, it's certainly my, my belief is like she doesn't think this is going to work either. She's uh-huh. just she's just trying to not have she's, she's basically saying, I don't want you to die. I'll be the one who dies. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll create this lie that, you, you know, I'll be fine, you know, and convince you to believe it. Right. And she and she manages to convince herself for a bit, and yeah. she's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" And she's wait, like, wait, 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 "Oh, mind. Mind. Except, for the, except for the part where I actually drown, which yeah. is just gonna <laughs> suck balls. It's yeah. just gonna suck so hard." And I tell you, drowning is you know that's, certainly that, a, certainly a fear I have. That makes this that uh, like like looking at it from your perspective, where you say she is basically saying, "Okay, I will die." I'm, mm. I'm going to make it okay for you to let me die, but I'm going to convince you that it's okay. Like that makes this a much darker scene. It yeah. makes it much. Uh, a, a much different thing when he actually does yeah. bring her back, and that may or may not be what they were going for with this. Right. But I always like to think about that. That you know, one way or another, she's just saying it so that right, you know, he will he will put the helmet on, and, right. and at least he won't die, right? You know, whether or not she believes this will work, who knows? This is yeah. This is not. <laughs> this is just. This, this is just. This is again. They're milking this. Watch yeah. because you're watching. You're watching a character die, yeah. basically, and it's very like slowly. She, she puts in an, an amazing performance here, because yeah. she realizes that that there's no turning back. Yeah, and they're they're milking it as much as you can, and they should. The, the last thing she says is, "I'm scared." Yeah, you know, it's like Jesus. Yeah, I would be. And I've ne- I've never been in this scenario remotely close to that <laughs> but you know it's always it, to me it's always in your mind when you're scuba diving whether it's for a movie or anything else you know it's like especially cave diving which I have done and that moment of that realization of you know even if something goes wrong right now I can't just go to the surface right. that's that's a bad that's a freaky thing to be thinking about yeah and here we go here's, so, the, here's the big swim 
so they have to wait so they can open the door to go and, or what? The, the, the people have quibbled and rightly so that, that, you know, well, why don't they just start rather than like talk about it? Why don't they just start? And then, and, and that's why my argument is she doesn't think it's going to fucking work. <laughs> she doesn't buy this, this right. idea. I mean, it seemed know. to me like as soon, as soon as she's underwater, that they should start the going. The clock is ticking. But, but I, you know, and that's true. And that's a valid question. I think, uh, you know, well, first of all, it just wouldn't have been a very, as good a scene of, you know, right. dragging her out the hatch while she's drowning. I mean, they, they milked the dramatic moment and there that's you go. Really her. But that's, really, but that's really her, in, really her in the tank with, with she's not wearing no scuba gear. Um, they got to fly in, fly in with a regulator and give her some air every time they call cut. Yeah, this is crazy. This yeah. is the kind of thing where it's like, how do you, you have to be Jim. Cameron to to tell someone all right yeah. here's, what, here's what we're gonna do in this scene yeah here's what this is about and they're like okay yeah. <laughs> they're gonna haul her out everybody the actors really you know they this all all Mary Elizabeth has to do in this scene is be dead so her her hard work is mostly over although although being dead is is not hard, not easy to do but um, acting wise. Especially because she has this great, she has a great dead stare, one of the great dead stares of movie history that I've ever seen. She has this really, I don't know if they did anything special to give her that extra sort of glassy-eyed, you know, look, mm. but she really nails it. But anyway, as I mentioned briefly earlier, there's, there's somebody, sometimes, there's always somebody in a group who goes, hey, her tits. <laughs> in the scene that's about to come up, where they open her shirt, for, where they open her shirt for the defib, you know, so... And it's to their credit that they, you know, they do it and they don't make, like, a big deal out of it. It's just, you know, it's what you do when you're defibbing someone. Right. You need skin, and so there you go. So they didn't, they didn't go for the purient. By the way, Mary Elizabeth shows her tits in this. And it's really sexy, of course, to see them like this, too, where she's well, dead. I mean, it wasn't even close <laughs> Trey, I mean, don't underestimate like, me. <laughs> you get, like... Tits or tits, I understand. Yeah, there's a similar scene, um, although it's not with the chick, but there's a, the, the scene in Superman Returns where it's all, mm. like, close up when they rip his suit open and stuff like that, and they mm. didn't do that here. You yeah. know, it just happened as yeah. part, of the, part of the shot. Yeah. It's not important. Yeah, yeah it's but not she, what's going they're on. Not treating Isn't the it problem that she has water in her lungs? No, they've already vented her lungs. That's what the That's pipe, the, the little tube was in the beginning, Yeah. I think. yeah. Hmm. The problem is they're, they're trying to get her... They're trying to get her going she's, again. Yeah, she's basically dead is the problem. She's dead. Her, her heart yeah. has stopped. I and, did, and, of course, this is... This, uh, <laughs> this movie is actually a really bad example for CPR because what, what Ed Harris does, it's like, okay, you should have really stopped a while ago. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's so, really... But, it's, it's, I, I, really resp- I really admire this scene because, you know, it's like they... they milk it longer than you think that anyone would dare milk it and then they really milk the moment of okay it's over she's dead to the point where you go wow they really they went they there they killed the shit you out know, of her they actually they actually killed her um, you know and then and then went yeah, went on from there her. you know and went he's on from there to stop him right yeah. there he's like it's over yeah yeah you know i talked to and then um, he starts smacking the corpse around as yeah. well see which is it's worth a try which is uh, a a they teach you that in, in med school. Moment. In it's med really, school, yeah. It's really a great character thing where it's like he, you know, I mean, he's already had the moment with his ring. And, and right here, you know, the wide shot, you're like, wow. Hey, they boobs. fucking killed her. Yeah. But, and she's got uh, boobs. <laughs> but <laughs> they close he's not going to give up here. And, yeah. uh, you know, which is a great but character. But they're thing. making you wait for it. They're making you wait for it. And then. And they yeah. turn it around and, like, no, no, that scene's not over yet you after have all. The whole scene where you think it's over. And you're like, nope, he's 
gone insane yeah. <laughs> basically here that's a great and scene he he you know and and it's so important for the character story that he wants so badly to bring her back yeah you know even though they're they're you know basically exes and they're estranged they haven't <laughs> essentially gotten divorced or whatever but this yeah. is this is the moment where it's like no he he wants her back yeah you know literally in every sense so that's that's really you know, powerful yeah. element. To By God, he's going to bring her back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even when well, yeah, this really if he is has going. To beat the yeah, it's like, it's it's like they make you go like, you, are they going to go through all this, and then she's still going to be dead? Because yeah. that would be badass if they yeah. if they did that. But um, I, I like this. I think the scene is great. Jim Cameron and has balls the size. He does. Of this my is to, to have to, to exactly to have this scene <laughs> to have, have this scene go on this long yeah. is is really unusual. And it's and and you know it's it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult, yeah. you know, because and the fact that they make you wait so long makes you think like, my God, they might just be cruel enough that he's going to go through all this and she's yeah. still going to be dead. Exactly, you know, which would just destroy him. You know, exactly. Yeah, to me at this point now, I I genuinely don't know, but I'm expecting her to like for some reason suddenly sort of right yeah. spit up a little water well, and, 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 and here's the moment but it's very subtle it's not like she goes hey I'm okay everybody I mean she's only just neck work a little just yeah, kind of yeah. maybe not quite come, not, she's only mostly dead yeah as they say she's 5% not dead yeah exactly and, and we're coming back I talked to um, I talked to an ER nurse when this movie came out it was, it was just, it just, and I said what do you, you know what, what do you think of that and she goes well honestly uh, there in a real thing, there should have been more effort to warm up her whole body. I mean, they had some things right. about some hot packs, hot pot, hot packs to warm her up, but they were like, you know, you really need to really. You don't leave her on the deck, you know, in the wet clothes. You want to. <laughs> the, the trick is to get her warm again. Is part of it. So, mm-hmm. but they said otherwise. You know, otherwise, yeah, the procedure. You know, we don't. She said something like, "We don't condone slapping the corpse," <laughs> yeah. but you know, couldn't hurt at that point. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, give it a go. You know, what the hell. It, Might as well. it may or may not do anything, but it's not yeah, going to make it worse. Yeah, it's not like it's, it's not even a crime in this state. So yeah. there you go. If you sleep with them, then that's 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 a crime. But yeah, there, punching them, you can do. There's the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is a line. Yeah. We're not we're not savages. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, we're heading into the suit dive, there and from there into the into the NTI encounter. Into the abyss. Into the abyss. Um, In and I, two and a half hours. And I had a little bit to do with the suit dive as well, because there's a couple shots where Ed's a puppet, and uh, I was a puppeteer of Ed the puppet. Hmm. And uh, according to Alfred Hitchcock, he was already a puppet. That's that's true. He was just a meat puppet. No, he was he was cattle. And uh, and that and that the Ed puppet was, as I recall, was largely built by once again the the famous uh, Zen master Henry Darnell. Who uh, you know? We worked on how the jointing should be, and so on. Um, there's other shots where they use that same puppet that I wasn't the puppeteer of, because in a strange coincidence, or not coincidence, but a strange quirk of optical fate, um, the scenes where the creature (spoiler) is pulling Ed Harris through the water in puppet form, we weren't shooting the two of them together. The the puppet was shot totally separately from Ed Harris, and Ed Harris was often a puppet. So <laughs> so I was a we, when, the, when Ed Harris is by himself doing the suit dive, uh, I was one of the puppeteers on the shots where he's a puppet. But when he's swimming with the NTI, I was a puppeteer of the NTI, and someone entirely different on another day puppeteered Bud the, the puppet. It was a very strange schedule that we had. But the creature had to be shot against black, and Bud had to be shot against blue, so we couldn't shoot them simultaneously. He's back, everyone. But it was fun to have the little two-foot-tall miniature puppet version of Ed Harris wearing this suit. 
And, uh, and, and here comes the dive. Here comes that, the dive. We've Coming foreshadowed up. <clears throat> yes. so frequently in this commentary. The big dive. But now, now here's the thing. This is, this is the sequence where everything that's gone before is fine. But this is the sequence where Ed Harris proves his badassery now and forever and never needs to prove it again. Because, <laughs> because you know, the fluid breathing is real, but he's not really doing it yeah. in this movie. They just fill the, the helmet with pink water. Yeah, so notice, <laughs> notice, especially in the beginning, because the beginning is the, really the most dangerous scene is he's going to be in a helmet in the middle of a soundstage that is sealed so tight that it doesn't leak and full of water. Um, and then the best thing is he's going, to, he's going to get up and jump into the water while wearing it uh, in a moment. Um, where hopefully down below... That's more than I would do. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully down below there are support divers we trust who will then pull the faceplate open and give him a regulator. Um, so the suit is, even though the suit in the movie, that front doesn't flip up, um, that's how they get to him. Except for in this upper version, that's sealed and can't be pulled open. So what they do is they just emergency rip the sides out, those, those plugs on the sides. They just pull those out. Um, and it drains. And it drains instantly. Yeah. Um, so this it, is water. This is not liquid. Yeah. Just, and he's about to and he's, perform he has to pretend, breathing. He has to, to pretend like he's breathe. breathing it and but act. He's actually holding his breath. And act while he's doing letting it. Letting out air and yeah. shit. My God. Yeah. And act. And act like he's breathing and do this and then act like he's cool again later. Uh-huh. There, you, you'll notice this scene is cutting a good bit faster. Exactly. But, <laughs> more but I will tell you this, uh-huh. I, and this is, again, I, I was there. Um, when we were building and getting ready to do the puppet, not only did they give me lots and lots of photo reference of the suit, uh, which I still have in a file folder somewhere, the actual photos that they gave me from the set of the suit, um, they gave me a VHS tape of all the dailies of him in the suit. So um, I can tell you from watching the dailies from start to finish that, you know, sometimes there was one I clocked it because after a while I was like, how long is this motherfucker holding his breath to do these scenes? Um, it was one of the underwater scenes where he's supposed to be, he's, he's just reacting to what she's saying. Um, and I just, I clocked it. He did, it was like a full two minutes uh, between spitting, no out, spitting out the regulator that and, and taking it back. Um, and I was like, Son of a bitch, you know. Of course, this is no good, by the way, because you can see the top of the fluid. So it's like there's still an area. Well, but it hasn't pressure but, but it hasn't properly. Com- but it hasn't compressed. That's that's yeah. that's all right. That's the only. It's it's the fact that it's the lungs that you don't right. want compressed. So he's okay. Yeah, like so, so like okay, he's he's however long ago they called action and filled that helmet up. He's acting. Yeah. He's there, and now he's in the water. So. The other the other problem they had, and it was really plaguing them, was was that they, of course they made the front of it for the underwater scenes. Oh, they just rip it open. They forgot. Right. It, you know, didn't, they didn't care about the pink coloring or anything because no one could see that anymore. So so all they had to do was pull that front thing open. And like here's a, him going into the and water. He's, now, now he's in a flooded helmet in the water. Yeah. Um, this shot here was apparently really hard to get because it's just a weird, you know. Well, because because when you're looking straight up through the water, it's like a mirror. Yeah, and also the fact that they're dropping down so deep. Now, the other thing that happens in another factor is, of course, if you've been scuba diving, you know, you can't go down more than like 10 feet without having to equalize your ears. Well, if you're sealed in a suit where you can't equalize your ears and you're not breathing air, here's the, here's the, jumping ahead, here's the widest, clearest shot in the whole movie. That's the entire set. It's all real. Everything in screen is the real deal. That's the set. And they just, as I say, they, they just got lucky and got a clear day where the tank was clear where they could get this. But wow. anyway, um, you, he's going to jump down and then stunt divers will be doing scenes, of course, and so on. If you fall more than 10, 15 feet deeper than you started from, your ears are going to implode. You have to be able to 
equalize your ears. Well, if you can't get your hand onto your nose or some other way to equalize your ears, you're going to blow your eardrums out. So, so there's a lot of these scenes here when during the fall, a stunt diver named Charlie Arneson, who's also a badass, um, Charlie would do the fall and he would have literally have a clothespin on his nose and just, you know, cause he couldn't get his hands to it cause he's wearing the helmet. Um, but this, what they did some serious here, badassery. I, I remember, I remember watching this. this. There's Charlie. See, that's Charlie falling down a fake rock cliff. What they, well, you know. what they did was instead of instead of because the the tank was only so deep, so instead of having they would fall, do sideways, they would drag him sideways. But, but they haven't done the any rock. of those shots yet. Those are all he's actually doing and, the fall. And because there's, you can't really tell gravity in. Yeah. in so here comes here comes the first of our puppet shots as he as he passes the rig. It's this is our marionette. This shot here as he goes past the rig. That's a marionette that we did. Hmm. That's really good, good, man. Yeah. Nicely it's a, done. It's our marionette guy. The little flappies on his uh, legs and stuff. Right? Yeah, it's just I, I, I literally got toilet paper out of the bathroom and stuck those <laughs> on because I said in the dailies he's got trailing things and they said, oh you know, he didn't have that in the suit. So you should have just made that up. Yeah, in the dailies he's wearing a dress. Yeah, the way they also didn't uh, they didn't have good uh, match for the soles of his shoes on the original puppet and and we, Cameron was kind of tweaked about that. The soles of his shoes weren't in scale and they ended up being kind of featured really strongly on screen. But um, but Cameron said about that scene um, after we did it because he wasn't sure like I don't know if this puppet thing's going to work out and, and then he saw it in dailies and he said one of the few compliments because Cameron doesn't give compliments very well. Um, you know he, he said he said wow. He had, he, had to, he had to give a compliment the way he gives a compliment. He goes, well, if I'd known you could do a good job, I would have given me more stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. I actually I've seen that as universally yeah. complimentary. Thank you, Jim, I guess. You know, I, I, I know that means you love me. I know the love is there, Jim. So I took it for as it was intended. There's like one other, maybe two other puppet shots during his fall. Like, like such like this where he's just cruising past a wall. Those are the ones that are the sideways shots. Um, so, yeah, so like, like uh, he was saying that, that sometimes when he's doing these endless falls, to avoid that problem of equalization, they would just pull him sideways right. against the rock face by a cable. And then they could shoot and he doesn't, you know, he's not changing depth that way. And therefore, it's much easier and they could do it with Ed Harris and so on. Um, the problem with that is the, the the front of that helmet, because it was designed to open so easily, often opened really easily, and he'd be in the middle of a take, and it would just pop open. So then they kept running into the problem of having to clamp it down so that it wouldn't pop open, but not so hard that they couldn't open it when they needed to open it, and that was, of course, an issue they were dealing with for quite some time. But but those are the takes where I would I I literally clocked the VHS tape, and I you know sitting there in my in my cubicle trying to hold my breath as long as he did during a take while acting. And he's, Ed Harris is a bad ass. He's a bad ass. And other than, other than sort of passing briefly on the set, I've, I, I never have never have really met him or gotten to, you know, say, dude, on the abyss, you rock the house. And you can tell, I mean, it's not the kind of thing where they could have gotten away with just, you know, uh, tinting the glass pink. Just to make it so that yeah, just, whatever it would have been seen it would have been coming yeah. out of his face. It would have been just obvious that he's in a fake, you know, fishbowl of a helmet without without being wet. Yeah. So so th- that was the setup where he had his other problem um, because they were doing the sideways toe. They they had to cut. Um, geek is breaking. Geek, now. geek is imploding. It's so deep because geek is full of air. Um, they they hung up and they had to cut and his support diver had got jammed up somewhere in the in the in the cable and couldn't get to him 
And so everyone's like, oh, we're dealing with stuff. And this is actually, it's in the, it's in the documentary. It's in the making of. You see it being covered by some guy with a camera off, off camera um, where, where everyone's kind of like, oh, a thing happened and blah, blah, blah. And the support divers hung up and no one else is thinking, gee, I, someone needs to get Ed some air because that's always the other guy's deal to go get Ed air. And the guy who gets Ed the air is hung up and no one's... I don't want to get in trouble. With exactly. So, so you, you see it. where it's, it's talking about that where he goes, he was just sort of there, you know, and he's against a wall and he's tied to this cable. And he's 40 feet down and no one is like noticing that no one's gone to give him air yet. And everyone's kind of just dealing with stuff. And he, and he said that was this. He says in the documentary, that was the scariest moment. That was the moment he goes, I'm this might be it. I might, you know, I might go. This might be the, the death of me. Um, and then you see like some guy comes screaming in, you know, kicking as fast as he can. Who, who finally like made, made the connection like, oh, there's Ed over there. He doesn't have air. He's yeah. just sitting there chilling against the rock wall, hoping one of us will give him some air. So there's the true implosion. There. Yep. So the that's implosions are really cool. They're nice. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And they're they're not that hard to do because of course you put something underwater that's filled with air. It wants to implode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to give you it an excuse. Just give it an excuse and then you're done. You know, just just you know puncture the surface. So, and it's it's one of these free dives. Um, here's that. Here's the arch position again. We're talking about. Oh yeah. It works underwater too. Um, ouch. This will be Char- he Charlie. He his head a little early, yeah, too. Yeah, once he, once he starts the tumble, this is Charlie. This is Charlie Arneson, who uh, I believe was a Navy diver and then was working on this. I think, he's still, I think he still was in the Navy when he was doing the movie. Um, and Charlie would be with us in the tank sometimes when we were shooting stuff. And Charlie was, you know, he, I don't think he was a Navy SEAL per se, but, you know, he could have been. He might as well have been. So whenever you were in the tank with Charlie, you didn't want to, you know, you wanted to kind of soldier up. and <laughs> guess, you, you weren't going to complain yeah. while you were in the tank. Charlie didn't, I remember Charlie, as I recall, Charlie didn't uh, wear a buoyancy compensator, which is kind of unusual. Because um, usually you need a buoyancy compensator to set your depth properly. And Charlie would just control his, his depth by how much, how much air he would keep in his lungs. So <laughs> it's kind of like you mad bastard. You're really good at this. So. This is not helpful, what she's doing right there. She's yeah. like, I know how long you feel. Yeah, like so you probably blackness. feel like you're dying right now, and it's really... Uh, you know, and, and that sucks. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a shot coming up when he goes, he's falling toward the purple light, and that's another one of our puppet shots. So I, it's probably... So anyway, I should probably start talking about the NTIs, because once they show up, it's going to be over pretty quick. But uh, So I worked at Steve Johnson's, and Steve Johnson's, all during the first unit shoot, we were doing the NTIs and trying to figure out, A, how you manipulate something underwater that's supposed to be clear, um, how you illuminate something underwater that's supposed to be clear, how you put hardware into something that's supposed to be clear underwater. Um, and, uh, we, and so Steve brought me on originally because it was the only job he had money for was he brought me on as the runner. I literally was the guy that everyone else in the shop would go, go to the place and pick me up 57 cardboard buckets and, and five pounds of plaster and things like that. And, uh, and I, I got that job. I took that job so I could be in the shop because every time I had a, like a free five moments, five minutes when I wasn't someone's bitch driving and, and making a run for somebody, I would go to my little corner and I would try and figure out puppet rigs because Steve wanted me to be the puppeteer guy, but he couldn't pay for a puppeteer guy that early in the production because there was no budget for that. Um, so, so for about, I don't know what it was, six, eight weeks, whatever it was, I was the runner who would just kind of tinker with doing puppets in the corner and everyone got used to ordering me around. And finally there came the day when we were about to go to the set and I, on Friday I was the runner and then on Monday I was the lead puppeteer because finally the budget for a puppeteer 
opened up and and no but Steve didn't really tell anyone that that was pending. So first thing Monday, I walk in and there's a guy, there's a guy named Bill, who's a cool guy. But Bill's like, Trey, I need you to go to the place. I'm like, actually, Bill, no, I'm not the runner anymore. Um, I'm the lead puppeteer. So let's talk about this rig you're building. All right. And and <laughs> and everyone was like, what? Um, That's awesome. It took it took That's really cool. It took everyone a little while to get past the idea that I was not you know the shop bitch anymore. I was actually in charge of things. So. So we did, we built, there's the oh, other there puppet, if we don't do it, like, yes, it's kind of obvious just because of the way the lighting is, but the, um, the, the creatures, we had to figure out how, you know, how they work and how, how to puppeteer them without seeing the rigs, because of course, wire removal, there was no such thing, you know, you had to actually just get it on camera. Um, if we had to roto, worst case, that could be roto, that but that was, was like, it. That- by the way, I mean, they talk about it later, and, and they say it took him, like, an hour to get down there or whatever. It was yeah. 10 minutes of screen time, but it was still in uh, – and the whole movie, it's like, this is a long movie, but it's a fucking interesting movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. even though and he was is, just dropping, like, that was an interesting and 10 this is, minutes. And this is the dropping. long version of that scene, yeah, too. Exactly. You know, it's the long version of every scene. But So here we go with the classic, um, you know, the the – Yellow, yellow wire with the blue, with the blue, with the yellow, with the oh, lit no, by Siler. It was very a nice. Funny, uh, inversion on that. Yeah. It's like, cut the blue wire. Yeah. It's, like, it's, a, it's a nice bit. <laughs> um, so, and in the book, the book goes into examining the idea that, of course, the NTIs not only are watching all of this, but they're actually able to influence things. The NTIs can, can influence what people do. So, as in the book, the NTIs. Uh, among themselves, they made sure he didn't cut the wrong one. <laughs> they helped him. Ah. They helped him a little bit. Blue wire with right. Yeah. Not what was it? Yellow. Because the, 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 yellow. The idea like, is fuck. The idea is it still looks green. Yeah, it's cute. It's a good joke. The idea is that the NTIs have already made the decision. It was the you know, and again, spoiler, but come on, you're not watching this for the first time unless you're a fool. Um, you know, the, it was the act that he came. This what they has made them already make their decision. It's not. It's not whether or not he was successful in disarming the bomb or not. Um, it's the fact that he was willing to do it is what has has caught their attention. So that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god. And, then, and again, he can't help but milk this. He's like, uh, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna which, swap here. Which Armageddon totally ripped that off? Where it's like this one, this one, this one, the other one, and you know, it's 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 a great bit. Yeah. You know, disarming disarming the bomb. You know, it's a good movie staple. Ah, <laughs> god, I've seen it so many times. And the sound is great too. If we had the sound, it makes this great little, <laughs> this little kind of anticlimactic. Well, click. and of course the music. Yeah. You know. So. And then the great moment when, you know, this is a great dramatic moment when he goes, I okay. I either. This is working on YouTube. It's <laughs> good. This is really interesting. There we go. Although if I were him, I, well, I guess he's got bigger things to worry about. Minutes. But the big purple light coming in. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, yeah, 30 minutes. So the, so the creatures are about to make their final appearance. And, and so we, we spent all this time trying to figure out how do we build them. They're, they all, the fiber optic is all laid into the mold. The mold is then closed up, and then we pour urethane into the mold and let it set up. They're about, they're about a three-foot wingspan, the average size of them. And, um, and then, of course, you hope that there weren't any air bubbles or anything else, and, and you have this big trunk that comes out of the mold where you have to connect it to the light box, and every, every fiber optic has to be in the right order or, you know, and so on because they strobe in, in various sequences. And, and we, actually, we actually had a thing where we, we, the, the NTIs are... They are talking to you via their colors and via their patterns, not that you'd read it, but we actually put thought into that. Um, and, and Jim talked about that, too. Jim talked about how that's how they communicate. They communicate like 
some undersea creatures do is this theory that you know they by what colors they do and what what patterns they produce that's their this communication is, actually this is the moment where they make their decision where he says i knew yeah. i wasn't coming back exactly so 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 jim wanted you know that was a subtext it's not like you understand it in the movie but but you know that's how they supposedly communicate by what colors they produce and what what patterns they do so so jim jim got off a great line where he, he said this okay for a little bit heavy-handed he right said here, for, yeah. that's okay he said for this scene well he can't type very well now but it, jim said <laughs> Okay, in this scene, can we let's change the color wheels so they're doing a different color? Because I want them to be projecting a different mood here, um, and and let's make it more of a muted. Um, and 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 anyway, so the line like uh, the joke. Uh, so I need you guys to keep it down to a dull purple for me. Was <laughs> was a line that he came up with. So anyway, we're about to show up. Here we come. Um, we had one. We had one hero creature, which is the one that you get you see whenever it's featured. It's always the one in front. It's the one that comes into this scene. We built two versions of him, one from the front and one from the back, um, because you had to see, you know, you had to see him clean from the back, so we had to mount everything from the front. And I came up with this parallelogram rig where we were able to, to configure it and change it to different ways. And, and you can see, you actually see it in the making up video. You can see the, the system that I, that I designed with this little square top thing on the set and, and so on. And, this, this, I designed this series of panels, and, and where they, you could pull out any panel, it was like a little ice block you would pull out, and you can manipulate the puppet through that hole. So anyway, there we are. There it is. There she is. And so, so he's got he's got some optical schmutz put on top, but not a lot. It's just a glowy effect they put on top of him. Um, but all the all them optics and everything else in his body, that's really fucking in there. And that's that's poor me holding my breath, wiggling his head around <laughs> from underneath. I was never really. I have to say I'll, I'll be happy to that's just me doing this arm thing which I didn't I'm not happy with the take they chose I had a better take but that's how it is but um, I gotta say I was never happy with this design of the creature not that I had any say in it so fuck me but um, <laughs> I thought they were a little too humanoid and a little too angelic uh-huh. and, and, and there were some stop motion or just no off? that's just a strange it's kind of a chattery optical uh-huh. but no that's real and uh, I like this I was always, I was kind of happy with this one because I'm I'm changing. You can see I'm kind of changing the way he swims. Not that uh-huh. you know, but he's he's kind of changing attitude and his angle, and he starts he starts really getting revved up. There's uh, when they go into the when they go down the tunnel. I was always happy with what what I little shtick we did when he was going down the tunnel because there's sort of places where he kind of stops flapping and he kind of glides and he kind of he kind of surfs it a little bit and then he starts swimming again. That was just I enjoyed. It was fun to do because we were looking at playback while we did it, so we were able to time time stuff out. So, so you're lo- you're looking at the limits of optical whatever. This is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a real set, of course, all lit yeah. up with, and it, as I recall, a laser powering it because that was the only thing <laughs> powerful enough to to light all the lights that brightly, considering how big that set was. Anyway, so for what it's worth, down the tunnel here, I like look at how he's he swims and then he kind of glides and he kind of he kind of adjusts. He's like, is, if yeah. we're going over the hump and we're gliding, and put your hands up, woo, Colossus! <laughs> and then oh, we're gonna have to power through this next part, so let's get swimming faster. <laughs> so it was, it was fun stuff you know it's detail stuff if anyone ever notices i don't know but it's fun anyway for strange reasons those well, that's, the, that's the kind of stuff that you, you appreciate on a more subconscious level yeah i hope, I hope that's the good. theory of my career basically the, the, mm-hmm. like it, uh, what was it conscious like this is almost the 2001 like you know mm-hmm. uh slip it very much is, is yeah. very psych- psychedelic and he's passing into another world through yeah. that you know yeah so uh and then, strangely enough, for what you know, they were they were shot. Those were not shot together. The two puppets. We shot the NTI against black. And we shot Bud against blue. Goddamn, fantastic! What's happening? It's pretty here. slick, and it's it's. There's a little optical splitting going on. Yeah. But mostly, it's just a sideways set. You know, being pulled into and out of the water. Yeah. 
So this guy's basically just bolted to the Yeah, this is a guy snap. bolted to a, a giant bolted to set. The wall, I should say. Bolted to the wall. There's, that's the puppet. Water. There's the Ed puppet again, just for this little reveal. Uh-huh. I wasn't doing him, but I remember they used him for that. And then, and then on to Ed. Now Ed is having to act and lie on the floor of a soundstage with his <laughs> helmet full of water. And then finally he gets to open it. These must have been long days. There were some long, <laughs> long days, and now we are in Harbor Star, where 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 this all this whole set was was post production shot down in San Pedro, just two steps away from the big tank where we're shooting the NTI stuff. Um, was this piece of set where Ed was shooting his stuff? And we're about to see um, Jim Jim's That's big good. Jim's big use of of RP because this set is basically just a big RP screen. Um, not the not the piece of wall behind him, but when the NTIs show up, we shot the day before. We shot the plate of the NTIs doing all their stuff, and then on the day they projected that, and and Ed Harris oh, well, that's reacted to it. Then he has something to react to. Oh yeah, no, it's all practical. There's nothing. It's everything he's reacting to is right there, including the typing on the screen and all the visuals. I mean, they had huh. big projectors that they were just showing him a movie, and uh-huh. that's you know, there's nothing there's nothing optical going on in any of this stuff. This whole scene is well, just, that's nice. you know, this is just a, a, a big screen. There were, it was a screen and then the projector, which was hidden way in the back of the set. So you couldn't see the actual hot spot of the lens was ref, was shooting through a series of mirrors with a big tank of water. So they could agitate. They agitate the surface of the water as the as the projection was going through it. And that's just a big mylar muslin screen. Then, uh-huh. you know, so. So there we go. That's me up front acting to beat the band with my <laughs> rubber creature. And there's the other side. And the same thing. And it's, 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 it's just it's all, it's, watching it's all right practical. Now. That's all the real deal. There's no opticals going on. Nice. It's just a set. It's a set with a giant projector screen in it. That's an awesome screen. Yeah. Now, the a weird thing happened during the, the scene where this around the time we were shooting the scene because again we shot our stuff as a separate plate the day before and then they they were shooting other stuff while Ed was on his set shooting this stuff with the projection of what we had done the day before this all this stuff and he just reacted to the timing of that um my boss was notoriously frightened by Jim Cameron um he would always be like you know Jim's gonna yell he's gonna be mad Trey go talk to him and because for whatever reason he thought I could was able to deal with Cameron, which I was because I figured out the Cameron secret by that point. <laughs> you know, don't don't take any shit. You know, give him, tell him the truth. Don't try and hide the truth, and try and keep up. That's that's how you keep him happy. So, so um, I I had done this for a while, and I I dealt with Jim, and I felt I was getting along with him okay, and he would yell at me sometimes, but it was you know I didn't let it get to me. And and he said to me while they were shooting those Ed Harris scenes, he was like, you know, hey Trey, by the way, this stuff's coming out good. Um, you should see how the, how it's coming together on film. You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, Jim. I'll, I'll be at the premiere. It'll be fantastic. He goes, no, we'll look at it. Here we go. Here's the here, big, here comes the wave, which this, we waited six years thing, for. Uh, yeah, was cut out. Like, yeah, like the the whole point of what's happening here at yeah. the end. It wasn't in the theatrical yeah, release. Yeah, the wave was, there was no wave in the, the original theatrical release. So he's like, why are you doing this? And they're just like, shrug. And then they yeah. just well, took him back it, to the He doesn't ask why you're doing this because there's right. no, nothing to talk about. It's like, they just, they save him. They say, you, you, you love your wife and you sacrifice yourself. So you're a good guy and, and we love you. And that was it. All this, all this stuff that didn't <laughs> exist. But so they're pissed about nukes. We detonated on the surface of the ocean. 
Or just in general? No, they're it? just they're just like it's uh, the it's like okay, you're destroying each other. So the, how about the question? The question you just asked is is how do you know that we would destroy ourselves? And and they're trying to say because that's what you always fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what's nice about the special edition is there's more of us, more of our stuff, you know, hovering out there. There's oh there I am. Hey, good job, Trey. Nice. That's oh, that was a that was a. Mm, Puppeteered version, not a rod version. That was and, nice. And this, yeah. This is the because you always do montage. Yeah. Now, I have a, th- I have a thing. I, I have a little because, bit of a... Because we have had the background of, you know, the Cold War yeah. and stuff like that, where there's the threat coming. I got to like, say, I have references a... References to, like, the you know, the, the superpowers are gearing up yeah. for potential nuclear war, and that's why the aliens are like, uh... Yeah. I got to say, I have, a, I have a bit of a moral problem with... Scenes of real atrocity being used for dramatic effect mm. in a fictional movie. Uh-huh. I, I'm kind of bugged by that. I, know I'm, 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 I might be the only one, and maybe I shouldn't be. But I mean, you know, that was a real fucking dead Jew ch- child just being thrown in a trench. You know, it's like, come on, it's a movie about aliens, Jim. Lighten up a little bit. Come on. Um, there's a scene in the beginning of Road Warrior where a guy is shot in the head, and it's it's not staged, it's documentary footage. Right. And I kind of go, gee, for Road Warrior, that seems a bit extreme. It gets the point across, but I don't know. Ah, look at these. Um, and anyway, so ILM, you know, with five years of technology later. Anyway, the story that I was going to finish up telling, and, and while we're watching Pretty Wave Shots, I can. Very cool. Is um, the day that they wrap, they, they wrap that scene, it's Ed standing on the plexiglass set talking to the projection of the critters. Um, and I, I wasn't doing anything at the end of the day. I'm watching kind of discreetly from a distance. And, and they said, okay, that's a wrap, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, Jim turns around out of the crowd. He goes, Trey, there you are. Come on. And then immediately we go to his office, and just he and I sat down and looked at the dailies from the day before of Ed Harris talking to the creatures. And he goes, yeah, I don't know. There's this scene here with the, the lights matching. And I'm, and, and I'm, like, I'm like, what in the hell is going on in my life right now? Because <laughs> Jim Cameron is like, why is he taking me to his office by myself with the door closed so that we can look at dailies together? My, you know, my boss doesn't get to look at dailies with Jim Cameron. And I, to this day, I don't know why he did that. I don't know why. You know, but he and I sat down at the chem, and we just rolled the entire day's worth of dailies through, and he pointed out stuff. And I said, well, what if you and, – and then at the end of the day, he said something that just rocked my world. He said – he was putting his stuff in his briefcase, and he said, yeah, I don't know if this movie's going to work. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell just happened in my life? That's, you know. And then the waiver. Like, seriously, that was like if you got an audience for the Pope and he goes, you know what? I'm just not sure this whole Jesus thing is really true. Yeah. You know, it was like, how, how is amazing. How is that possible? I, now, I'm sorry. I've been completely flabbergasted for the last half an hour. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I, I don't think I ever made it anywhere to the end of the, even the theatrical cut. And this is blowing my mind. Well, the theatrical yeah. cut wouldn't have had any of well, no, yeah. I don't think I ever got to the point where he was in the deep suit and he was just plummeting ah. down. Oh, okay. Like, I, so, yeah, you really I, missed As it. of now, I don't think I've ever seen any, any of the actual angel creatures before. Oh wow! So yeah, there's that. My I, reason I, for I, living, in other words. Well, so. yeah, basically, you know, and and seeing this and, and understanding, I literally, I, I wasn't even reading it. I was just <laughs> watching the pictures. I've never seen go. this movie in my life. The visual so. storytelling is insanely high good. quality. He's yeah. pretty good at just it. Just the entire, just the entire aspect of we can. Okay, so, hey, all you up there on the surface, stop it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's the bit. He says, "Why did you stop?" And then yeah. it's because of him. Notice he's got a little heart light chucking away. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Those special edition shots actually are, they don't have the extra optical schmutz that they put on top that I never really liked because it obscured how cool the creatures just themselves were. I never liked the glowy optical, you know, fairy dust they put on top of them. But there's a couple shots here that they didn't do nearly as much of it that I think are just special edition shots. 
So I like how you don't get a clear look at them either. Yeah, you do in certain shots, but yeah, through the water, of course, yeah. you don't. It's all ripply and it's all. Yeah. Right. But we're about to we're about to do what uh, we call the flying taco, which is which is <laughs> which is the way that this is the way we we're trying to signi- signify, you know, bowing to him and sort of acknowledging. Acknowledging him, so we did this move where we sort of between Jim and us, we kind of said, "Well, they can kind of they can kind of hover flat and then kind of tuck their wings under," and so that became we called that the flying taco. Is what we <laughs> it call definitely it. Definitely reads as a bow. Yeah. Me, so. But it, it, that's those blink. Yeah. So Even now there's a there's a story about the blink. Now there's a, there's a much more standard Cameron story about the blink, and that's because the blink mechanism was run by a guy up above, just down a cable. And you know this character's head was all plexiglass, and all the armatures inside were all plexiglass, and it was all like you know clear plastic stuff. And Steve was particularly concerned about the eye mechanism that it if it was used too much it would break. So, so Steve was very adamant, like, look, don't blink the eyes until you absolutely have to, okay? Um, you know, until, until, unless the camera's rolling, don't actually blink the eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't me who was controlling him, but it was, you know, it was his general mandate to everybody who was doing the eyes. Um, and we're doing a rehearsal with the character, and, uh, and I think I was in the water doing, it, doing my stuff from below, and there's other people up top doing stuff from above with cables. And um, no, no, I was, I was up top. That's right. I was, so I'm up top. Um, Yes, of course I was. And, and, and Cameron said, okay, let's do one more rehearsal. Cameron is off. We're up top. Cameron is looking through the glass wall of this tank at the creatures. So he, we're not making eye contact with him. He can't see us, and he, we can't see him. He can only see the creatures in the tank. Um, and he's talking to us via megaphone. And, uh, um, or on a clear comm. I'm just talking to him on a headset. He goes, okay, Trey, we're going to go again. And I'm the lead puppeteer, and I relay the messages to everybody else. And he says, okay, Trey, we're going to go again. Let's do a full-on rehearsal. And I haven't seen the eyes blinking. And I was like, oh, well, we're saving those because it's kind of a delicate mechanism. He goes, well, let's do a full rehearsal because I need to see the eyes blinking and see what that's going to look like. I'm like, okay. So we do a full-on rehearsal, and, and, and we're doing the rehearsal. He goes, I'm talking to Jim on the headset, and Steve suddenly comes running up. He was down below. With, Don't blink the eyes! He was down below next to Jim. He comes running up, climbs on top of the thing, comes running up to me, and he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, we're, we're rehearsing and blinking the eyes. And he goes, I told you not to blink the eyes unless the camera's rolling. Fuck it. And I said, well, Jim, Jim, noticed that, Jim noticed that the, the thing's not blinking, and he asked for us to blink in the rehearsal. And, and, and he goes, I don't care what Jim fucking told you to do. Okay, fuck him. It's not him. This is a, and, I'm, and, and I'm, realizing, I'm realizing, like, you know, I turned off my mic, but I'm like, I'm realizing, Steve, you're wearing your wireless ClearCom headset. Yes. Right now, I'm here. No. I'm hearing you in my own headset, which means that everyone. And right as I'm just sort of making that connection, suddenly the speakers came on, and it was Cameron. He goes, "Steve." <laughs> He's like, not just over the headset, but the, he turned the PA on. <laughs> it's coming out of the PA. It's coming up out of the water, out of the underwater speakers. <laughs> Steve, it was the, the voice boy. of God. <laughs> Steve, I heard every word you just said, and that's not how it works on my set. All right. Now let's get ready to shoot. <laughs> it was just oh like, awesome. God! Sorry, dude. But the fact it was just it was a, the, the timing, the comedy timing, just for me alone was so perfect because yeah. Steve was like, "I don't care about you, Cameron. Fuck him. Fuck him. Don't do what he says. You do what I say." And I'm like, I just realized, like, wow, I'm seeing you in person, but I'm hearing you on the headset, son of a bitch. And and I was like, I, I motioned to him to stop, like Steve. And he realized, and he realized, and he switched, oh, he switched off. And, and there was this a, is the same guy who had always been kind of afraid of. Exactly. Oh. There, was a, there was a moment of silence. There was a moment of silence where we thought maybe he, like, maybe he hadn't. He wasn't listening. Maybe he wasn't listening. But yeah. 
but we didn't get away but with it. But of course, and, and we've just talked through the kind of heavy-handed scene where he's like, they were going to destroy us because yeah. we were mean, but we stopped and we've got a second chance. Yeah, it's maybe like, a little overstated. Well, thank but... you, 1980s, for giving us that moment <laughs> and Superman 4. But, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not sure, considering what's happening, like they come up oh. right at the edge of the ridge, Somehow, all of this, like like deep core and the, gets, the other thing, end up yeah. in the middle of the ship. Exactly, and, and my answer to that is, boy, if you've bought everything up to now, then presumably, presumably, some water tentacles came and lifted them. Okay, you know, let's let's uh, let's just let's just allow that one to. We'll, set, we'll call it water. Let's tentacles. give give him a mulligan on that one. All right, let's just let it go. <laughs> mulligan. What is that? I, I've heard, I've used that before, and now I've mulligan. And, and I'm it's I'm a golf term. It's a golf term. It means like if you totally. Miss your shot or screw up, you can just take, do it. It's, it's, it's do over. It means a do over. It's basically everyone saying, "All right, Fuck this it. is against the rules, but we're going to yeah. pretend we didn't." We're going to pretend that. you didn't <laughs> just do that stroke and totally blow it. So we're just going to let you have it again. So yeah. Now this has gotten. This has had some cleanup on it. When the original theatrical version, this this reveal of the thing was not the finest hour of either the model <laughs> department or the optical department. It was just. It wasn't quite. They, right now it looks amazing. It looks fine, but that's, you know, there's been some cleanup, and there was even cleanup even, even from the theatrical to the original video release. There was cleanup, and, and I said that to Van Ling because Van was partly in charge of, of supervising that. And I said, you know what's weird about the video release is um, the, the reveal of the Frisbee at the end of the movie, I remember being kind of iffy, but on video it looks pretty good. And he goes, well, that's because we did more work on it for yeah. the video release. He goes, he goes, we're trying to make people remember it being better than it actually was <laughs> in the theatrical release. So and then of course here they had five more years to tweak it and, and do some do some work out. This shot here of the giant reveal of the thing was really, really not really good in the original theatrical release. It just wasn't Looks because fantastic here. they just kinda rushed it and you know didn't have time. How and big money. is that whole thing? It was I saw it. It was it was damn big. Um it's We're coming we're coming up on a bit where uh where Ed Harris, a very clever filmmaking thing. I, I the the, the, the forced perspective. The yeah. forced perspective because he's because it's basically him coming out of the tunnel. Of, he's coming out of a tunnel and the tunnel is hung in front of the camera basically at a certain distance so it looks like mm. he's inside this big thing. But yeah. then he's coming up and you see him and then it cuts to someone else's reaction and then it cuts back to him out of the tunnel walking towards the camera. So it cuts between him behind the miniature and in front of the miniature. Yeah. So you still have the, the forced perspective. Now this is, this is the real set. At the end of the shoot, they just drained the tank. <laughs> and this is literally being shot with just the tank being drained. And that's the same set that they've been, they've been was underwater the whole time. We, like, I guess we said this from the beginning. They're dead now because they have the bends. They should be dead yeah. because okay, they're good. Okay, but they're about to say that they're but, about to hang. They're about to hang the lantern on it and go. We should be dead. And the, and they're like, well, but aliens. That's a special like, edition shot this, there. Is this the worst thing that you can think of that's wrong with this picture? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That looks really cool. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. That there it is. Fun. And that's a special edition shot. That that look and seeing the 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 vista. That's definitely the I'm, vista. Uh, is just amazing. The vista. But that's you know five years. I do like five years knowledge did though. Even if yeah. even if it doesn't make sense yeah. to them or us, as long as they said. If so. they didn't like, say well, it, I would have been yeah. like, "That's no." That shit happens, doesn't it? Somebody should have gone. Well, as a matter of fact, I do feel kind of. Yeah, as they start bleeding from every orifice. Yeah. So there we go. There's, we go. there's your forced perspective. Yeah. So. So it starts walking out. That's okay, just, that's right that's in front of the wow, camera. Wow, that's really that's pretty seamless. Yeah, yeah. black is black. It's just cuts to that whole that whole miniature is in front of the camera and, and then, cuts to this where it's just soft in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Here it comes. Come on. Come on. Give us the cat. Okay. Give us, get, give us a cat, baby. Come on, baby. Retarded. Yeah. Because they're just Yee-hee. making reactions. Well, hey, this is everyone's last shot. There, there we, there we go. go. We're now it's just a thing in the background. So, so yeah, it's just, it's, awesome. just a, it's a miniature in front of the camera, and he's walking against a black background with some stuff on it and way off in the distance. So. And then he walks in front of it. 
<laughs> well, I saved the world now. Do you want to remarry me or what? Yeah. I told you life when I was dying. Yeah. And you cried. What does it take to impress you, for heaven's sake? I mean, good Lord. I just made contact with an alien species, which which it was never necessarily established that they are aliens. I mean, you know, they, we, we were always what holding makes out, them aliens. If they live here, deep sea. Yeah, we were always holding out the idea, like, well, maybe they, maybe they're from here. You know. Yeah, he did. Actually, he did that was say my assumption. They were down there, and they've been there for a very long time. Maybe they've been here for. Yeah. You know. I assume that they just evolved there, and we never knew because they're so yeah. deep. Okay, right? so there that we go. So, so Captain Kidd, Captain oh. Kidd Brewer, he was the guy, uh, the, he was the, the guy actor, who the actor who drowned, scene, but and but didn't drown in real life tragically. That sucks. So, huh. Captain Kidd, I can't believe Captain Kidd is his actual, his actual <laughs> name. Captain what, now, was, Kidd was his nickname. Do you know why, do you happen to have any uh, inside information on why he chose two separate cards for written and directed, as opposed to just the written and directed part? Uh, I do not know. It could have been different at the time. Maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. That, that may be true. That movie came out of like nowhere and blew my mind, because I thought I, I thought I knew it, because I've seen it, I've seen <laughs> like five minutes here and there for my whole life, you and I've just never the seen abyss. the last half hour. Yeah, I want to... So I wanna, it's like, oh, it's just a movie that takes place, and, and that's it. I want to watch it again with the, with yeah, the sound of the music. Yeah, for those listening, if you don't know, because I didn't know until I came on here, that we, what we do is we, we watch it with the subtitles on, and the sound way, 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 way down, so we can't even hear it, but, so we can talk and record... <laughs> But then for, you, for the me, viewer. for me, seeing it for the, you know, essentially for the first time, I don't get the benefit of, of hearing all the dialogue and the music and everything like that. So I, I definitely want to watch it again for that. Yeah, this it's is really weird. I, I felt like yeah. I knew this movie just because I've seen I've seen like 10 minutes here and half an hour here and 10 minutes here and all this stuff like my whole life. And I've just never seen any scenes from the end of it. Well, then my work so, here is done. Dude, so. that just came along and fucking blew my mind. That's an <laughs> awesome movie. So, so well, that's good. That's good to know. Way to um, awesome. Really yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, really thank you so fan. much. Is that the same font as his credit comes in and Back to the Future? Because the Alan Silvestri font looks identical to this. As in <laughs> they probably just the shipped it over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, same color. Now, I, Make it blue. Is my, my credit is... It's, it's a ways yet, but I, my, my name will credit when we're getting excited about credits. But um, Jesus, that was an awesome movie. The, the, and you I, have, haven't even heard it. I had just done The Blob, and on The Blob, you know, we were trying to figure out what's my credit. In the end, in the end I ended up with two credits on The Blob. In, in the stack of, of Creature Guys, my name shows up twice on The Blob. Hoy Yateman, rock! And Dennis Murin. Yeah, Dennis Murin was at ILM. Man, he was the one who was like, maybe computers. Maybe computers. Because yeah. I, I swear we're going to get I'm, I'm going to get Spielberg in about five years to use computers in a movie. Um, now, of course, a lot of these names have gone on. Lee Orloff and all these people. It's like, I know. You'll see Van Lang. Woo, Van. Van's, Van's cool. Um, and Van was, Van was definitely... Had put up, you know, he was the one who put up with more guff from Cameron than <laughs> anyone, anyone ever in history probably ever will have. But um, and Darren Docterman, yay! Um, what uh, what the hell was I talking about that time? I forget what Something I was talking about. about. Your Something about my credit. I just done the blob, and thank you. And 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 we invented. Stokes, no relation. Invent, you no, know, he's a construction guy. No relation. Uh, if you have to go, if you go back far enough, I guess maybe so. But <laughs> you know, fifty generations. Um, on the blob, we invented a credit for me, which we, you know, I just came up with it myself, and I called it movement designer, because basically it was like somewhere above beyond puppeteer. It was like they gave me a sack of crap, and it had to be look like a monster. So I just invented ways that we moved it, and we called it movement design. Then I turned around and did this movie, and, uh, and it was the same thing. It's like, well, we have a creature who's just clear urethane. You know, how do we make it move, and how does it move? And, and I was the one who figured all that shit out. So I said, can I have my movement designer credit again? And I, I believe I have it. And, and this, so, 
And it's a it's a credit you very rarely see, and and I got it on two movies back to back because I invented the credit for myself just to try and sum up what I did. But um, that that apparently seems to happen a lot. On, I'm very uh, proud of that. Movies because because uh, he's always because, pushing that envelope, man. Uh, but, well, because Strapinus, like they went up to him. Yeah, uh, I said, "What's your credit? What do you want to be called? What do you want your credit yeah. to be?" And he's like, "I don't know." Ah, what the hell? I did. <laughs> what did I do? I don't know what the hell I did. So, so a lot of these people, a lot of these people, Jovis Gozel, woo, Joe. Jeff's goes everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> if something blows up, it's probably going to be Joe who did it. Pat McClung. Van Lang again? Van Lang. Visual effects, Visual, Visual effects liaison. liaison, which is why I spent a lot of time talking uh, to Van. Screaming, screaming Mad, Mad George. George. Now, Screaming Mad George, if you've ever had the pleasure of meeting Screaming Mad George, <laughs> he's about exactly what you expect. He's Japanese. He's Japanese. <laughs> he's Japanese. <laughs> that was not guy. what I expected, Trent. Yeah, he's a Japanese guy. When I saw him, he had bleach, <laughs> blonde, go, bleach blonde hair. Um, he's just a, you know one of those crazy Japanese artist guys. One of those guys who's like, I know it's typical to be Japanese. If you're actually coming up. Oh, of course. Keith Charles. Rest in peace. I actually know that. See, Alex Funky. <laughs> Let's just call out names. No, Al, no, Alex Funky is a great guy. <laughs> Alex Funky figured out a lot about how we're how we're shooting that stuff. Alex Funky was on the on the the blob as well, which we shot also at DreamQuest. So I already knew the guys at DreamQuest by the time we got to the abyss. Oh. Scott Anderson, who's gone on to be a visual effects supervisor. Um, so so they they did that you know they did that water weenie as they call it and West Takahashi. All these are big names. So we're getting there. We'll be there some. We'll be there. the creatures will be along soon. Yeah. There's the Skotax. I'm like, I don't see your name yet. I think yeah. There's the Stetsons. <laughs> did you, you never did work. On I didn't work on this film. There we go. Steve, Steve Johnson's Johnson. nice effects. Okay. Christina, Eric, yeah, Bill Barstorff. Get out of here. James Cable, Bruce, movement, movement design. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, it's way in there. People are like, All what those pe- does that mean? Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, I, I got it. I was, I was trying to get a trend going. Some sort of dance choreography. I was trying to get. See, I was trying to get a trend going. I was trying to get. I was trying to get like you know, there's two movies back to back that had a movement designer I wanted people to go like oh you're doing a creature movie who's your movement designer yeah you don't have one? What do you mean you don't have one? Well, I, I, know I was the movement designer on these two uh, films. Yeah, I know a guy who's, uh, he doesn't do a lot of movies, but he, he might be your movement designer if you ask him nice. All right, so Ryan, obviously you and I have similar, you come to this with, with about more similar than I thought. We just opened your eyes to a whole new world, didn't like, we? Well, I mean, what did you think of the experience that you've had? Obviously it's not the full experience of the movie. No, no, yeah, but it but it was awesome, and especially you know, in, in a way, it is really cool that that I got to see it here, g- getting all these cool stories and all this, <laughs> this this sort of background on it, and and being able to appreciate it in a way that a lot of first time viewers might not, in terms of how difficult and complex the whole movie is, yeah. you know, every aspect of it, I and guess, then also, no, the, I'm not gonna lie, I would watch this movie the first time and be like completely oblivious of the fact that it was impossible <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, notice what's happening I mean, and that's, the same, that's, and the same take thing, it for granted yeah, and the same true. thing which is kind of the ultimate compliment to, to the effects which is that I kept forgetting when this was made yeah. you know it's 20 years ago that, y'all. you know I mean you can tell because it's all sort of it's all optical and practical and it's all real it's not that new digital stuff so Handling it's once again yeah van van's all over this thing yeah so it's it's back in time like a cer- certain amount but it, it's it doesn't feel dated like it feels like mm. it was all successful enough that it kind of it, it all just works it makes you forget about it's and it was nominated for an oscar and rightly so um mm-hmm. and uh, did not for effects what for effects okay yeah what one do you know uh i i i think it did win but i could be wrong okay yeah. um Someone look that up. I would think it would deserve it. Yeah. I know it was nominated. Um, and then ILM gets another block of credits. I believe, yeah. Like, and then well, then because ILM, you know, five years later, yes, they finally did do the wave. And so that was, and by then, you know, a bunch of, a oh, new generation man. of children had grown up to become ILM workers. <laughs> and therefore, 
Earl Owensby Studios. Now, by the, the way, this one for sound and visual effects. There you go. So we nice. did win for visual effects, um, and the sound was awesome. Yeah, huh? and well, the sound also, and the sound was also awesome because the sound was recorded practically underwater, which you know impressed uh, people. Um, by the way, uh, Gaffney, South Carolina, the Abyss set is still standing, and as I recall, if you look for it on Google Earth, you can see it from space uh, because oh, because it's you know cool. it's still there. You know, they 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 the studio basically never did anything with that yeah. tank again. Like it'll cost us more money. to yeah, tear it, down it costs us more to tear it down. <laughs> we'll just leave it and it's still 20 years later it's still sitting there just gathering you know, looking more you know r- rusty and exciting every day but I do believe you can actually you can uh, see it on Google Earth you can see that thing sitting there deep core still sitting there nice amazing yeah. I mean, Michael you grew up with this movie right yeah I mean I, I was aware of this movie I, I didn't get to see it in theaters but I, I saw it you know once it came out on home video and the special edition and stuff and, and I've actually only ever seen the special edition. I've never bothered to watch the director's cut. My my uh, father had seen it, and he, you know he got the special edition. And he was so excited about it. I'm like, well, what's the difference? He's like, the first one was stupid. The theatrical <laughs> one was dumb. Don't ever watch yeah. it. You know. So I, I I've never gone back and bothered to watch no. it. But um, yeah, I've I've always thought it was great, and it's really solid. And when he told me what wasn't in the theatrical, I'm like. What? Holy crap! That is dumb. <laughs> like that, that movie didn't make any sense. Like no, no wonder. <laughs> but but I'm having movie. the same thing now. Going like wondering what yeah. the hell I would. How would, how would yeah? How would it not have that ending? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's well, like that's not. Welcome to ending. my world. There's twenty no... years ago, at the cast and crew screening, going. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So that movie didn't mean anything. Then. No. Okay, that's fine. That was uh, all right. Um, but yeah, you know, nothing's changed now. I'm I'm watching it again from the perspective of effects and stuff like that, which I haven't done um, since getting into that. And I'm, you know, having the same reaction as Ryan, where I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> yeah. still totally works. I'll yeah. be Kids today, what's our what's what's our rap that we always talk about? You know, Sturgeon's Law. It's like ten percent right. of everything is crap. The Abyss is good. It won yeah. Academy for visual effects, y'all. Or ninety percent. Ninety percent of everything is crap. Ten percent of everything the other 10% is possibly is good. Produced by Jim Cameron you know? and Steven Spielberg. And so, you know, I'm always glad to educate the the youth and get down verbally with you to to tell <laughs> Trey, you. What, I mean, do you have do you have a summary? How, how do you feel about this movie? I, you know, I have I. It's been a while since I watched it, watched it, watched it myself either because there was no need for me to watch it. I knew yeah. it pretty darn well. Um, it, it does hold up. I, I'm I'm pleased the way it holds up across the board. You know that there's nothing there's nothing in it where you go, oh look at that you know set design. That set design looks like so mm-hmm. cheesy. You know, it's well, like, yeah, it's not like it's not like Terminator where we were like, oh fuck, you know, with, with <laughs> a couple of puppets and stuff. Like like overall, it's still like yeah. I yeah. mean, well, okay, optical. They didn't have enough control like like we, we would now. Yeah. But still, we just are at the point where stop motion always gives itself away because right. you know it's, it's just so motion, so right. specific. You know, yeah. Um, now. I and I, I, and God knows I'm gonna. You know, there's lots of people who think differently than me, but but I, I hope that if we're doing anything with our series here of down in front, that we're encouraging people to watch older movies. Yeah. That that you know, with an eye towards giving them a little bit of a pass for whatever technological limitations that they were dealing with at the time, um, and still being allowed to be impressed. It's, you know, to me, this whole attitude is like, oh, stop motion, stop motion, stupid. Is kind of akin to going. Abraham Lincoln, I mean, why is he such a big deal? He freed the slaves, but he couldn't even drive stick. Yeah. You know, it's like you've got to give things a, a pass for the, the time period in which or, they yeah, occur, like, like for God's people, sake. People talk about, you know, yeah. like, or with Darwin, they're like, well, yeah, I figured all that out, but he was still kind of racist. It's yeah. Like, well, it's like, like, and he didn't figure it all out. Like, yeah. Exactly. It took the rest of the world two centuries to fill in the rest yeah. of the blanks. DNA but, you know, and stuff. You we give him that. some credit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, it's like stop motion, you know, stop motion is, is what it is, and it, it always gives itself away. And it's because we used to, it's all we used to have. So there you go. But, but exactly. And notice that we only, it only, 
it got used like twice in that movie. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I mean, there was a time when you know, train pulling in at the station made people was, was like spectacular panic and, and, and fooling like you that. exactly. And, and you know, stop motion wasn't obvious. And again, you know, when we're kids. We're not thinking we that totally way. We totally don't and there's, care. And there's, yeah. a, and there's an element where the early audiences were essentially like that. Like they were just like, all right, the you know the camera doesn't lie. Like before, people were selling movies. Based I was just on the thinking about effects. that. I was just thinking about that. How throughout, and, and it was something in the wording, but this one said the uh, all of the imagery portrayed in this photography is fictitious and et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, all things are coincidental, but I've never heard the, all the whole, this is all, if it's related to something that, you know, it's coincidental, please don't sue us thing started with everything depicted in this photography. It's like, that's it. That's why they say that because someone, if you, if when we bring people back from the from the past and like, hey, eighteen hundreds guy, watch the abyss. He will fucking go nuts. Yeah, he will lose his shit. Right, because yeah. he'll be like, I have no idea how you would fake that. Yeah. So it obviously. So yeah, happens. so it's obviously yeah. happening. It's all real. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. That's exactly. right. It's like I'm watching it happen. How could it be? I mean, how you get you know people happens on stage. I, I thought people. I thought people who died in a movie actually died until I was about the age of twelve. I thought uh, I thought that was the deal. It's like we're gonna give your family lots of money if you let us kill you in this movie. Nice. I I swear to God, and 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 the reason so was with the rats. Yeah, and the uh, they have a different union. The the and the the one that gave it away was watching the Smothers Brothers television show, where Tommy Smothers they were doing a, a mm-hmm. Julius Caesar skit, and Tommy Smothers got stabbed. And I was like, wow, that's kind of radical. I didn't think they'd go that far with it. And then at the end, <laughs> at the end of the show, he got up and said good night. And I was like, wait a minute, he was faking. He it. was faking it. People who die My in movies turned upside down. Literally, it's like people who die in movies don't die. They have some trick they're pulling on us. Really? I must learn more of this. I used to be fascinated because I'm like, wow. Like, I thought it all happened live and stuff like that. Like, I remember one time <laughs> nice. uh, watching Knight Rider. They drove down my street. Like, literally. They dro- it, it, and you ran they- to the window to I see? Did, I did. I ran to the window. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And, and my parents were like, no, that happened a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not actually out so. there. That's adorable. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I, they, I, my summation is that I, I'm glad. I'm really proud I worked on that movie. It was a really... It was a great learning experience fairly early for me in my career, and, and I learned a great deal. I learned a great deal from watching Cameron. I learned a great deal from watching other people deal with Cameron. I learned a great deal about visual effects. You know, I got to be very involved in both on the blob and then in the, the abyss with the process of what was then the state-of-the-art visual effects and opticals and so on. And I learned to say words like DX and things like that. And, um, and, and the fact that I had worked already with DreamQuest was a plus when I worked – on the abyss because I literally could call up because DreamQuest was just starting out when we did the blob there. I literally could pick up the phone and call Hoyt Yateman. I could call the head of DreamQuest and go, Hoyt, I got a question about the green screen and the blue screen and the, the set and the water tank. And my boss would go, I can't get the guy on the phone. It's like, yeah, but I know him. We just, we did the blob last year and you know, we're all covered with slime together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're buddies. So, so the, those two movies together were a real education in visual effects and how to be on a set, how to be working with a crew, how to deal with, with this kind of stuff. It was, you know, major jump forward in my evolution of, of learning things. And, uh, and I'm glad that, the, you know, the blob, not so much holding up, but it's not the kind of, same kind of movie. But uh, I'm really pleased that the, the abyss holds up. Probably, probably the thing that holds up the least is the creatures, and that's just, you know, that's how it is. I, but, just, um, I, I think they were hold up really fine. Well, thanks. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy for, again, for what we were able to achieve with mm-hmm. the technology that we had. Yeah. You know, two years later, the creatures, would, no one would have built those creatures. They would have made them out of CG, you know, because they're, they're exactly the sort of thing that should be CG. They're clear, they're transparent, <laughs> they're reflective, they're self illuminated mm-hmm. only a fool would build them practically um well you know only a fool that was the only choice we fools had at the time all right well 
Though, though Trey is a regular member, please, a round of applause, because that was the single most informative thing we've ever <laughs> yeah. done in our life. <laughs> that was two and a half hours of me freaking talking. Yeah, but that was... Let that be the oral history, the, the final definitive oral history of me talking about the abyss. If anyone ever asks me about the abyss again, I'll, I'll just send them, them to I'll send them the link. Go to down, down in, in front. front. Yeah, the hey, <laughs> careful there. Yeah, my bad. So while anyway. since I'll never since I'll never speak of it again. If you have any, if you have any other questions, now's the time to ask. <laughs> if you have any, other, if you have any other questions? Shut up. I'm never this talking. Of, I'm never speaking of it again. This shall be my final words on yeah, the topic. I'll just refer back to this one when I have no question. All right. And until next time, we've been down in front once and uh, once and for all. My name is T. Christie. I'm Ryan Weaver. Mike Scott. And whatever the hell. Look, I'm in the, I'm in the credits. Look me movement. up. <laughs> yeah. Movement. The I'm, movement. I'm the movement designer. Thank you very much. And don't you forget And this it. has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at www.downinfront.net. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Friendsinyourhead.com.